Welcome to episode 446 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street spoiler free podcast with me, Gemma. And me, Michael. We're talking about Coronation Street broadcast in the UK between the 23rd and the 27th of November 2020, which includes episodes 10,169 to 10,174. Yes, we are indeed. And if this podcast sounds a little bit different than normal, I don't know whether it will or not, it's because we've got a new laptop, everybody. Ooh. Hooray. We got at last. Uh, I, we, we're not recording it on the laptop or anything. We're sort of going for the old balance the iPhone on the knee trick. But um, the, the the software that I'm using to um, put this all together and splice it has got some different effects and things. So I don't know whether it's going to sound any different or not, but I, I really just wanted to get in somewhere that we got a new laptop and I'm very pleased <laughs> with it. I, I'm trying. started panicking over the Black Friday sales, didn't you? I did, I did. I mean, I've been thinking for a few months that we need to get a new laptop for a while. And for the last year or so, this the, this machine's had a few, or the old machine had had a few issues, hadn't it? Like the battery not wanting to charge. and uh, We had to go and take it in, didn't we? we? We had to, yeah. It's been to the PC doctor a few times in the last year, so now it's re- able to enjoy, enjoy its retirement. Um, it's living with... Auntie Pam. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, new laptop. And uh, the, what I'm hoping for, looking forward to, is t- uh, tomorrow morning when I come to edit this together, it should hopefully be a bit quicker. Because that was the mm-hmm. other thing with the laptop. Not only was it getting a bit temperamental, but it was also very, very slow to do editing and turning files into MP3s and copying and pasting between files and everything. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to tomorrow morning to hopefully uh, be a little bit faster. So watch this space on that one. Um, one thing I have had to um, take a hit on, I suppose, though, is the amount of hard drive space because uh, getting a bit techy, I suppose, with the old computer, it had a terabyte of hard drive space and a lot of it was built up with podcast stuff. And this particular one, because of different types of hard drive, solid state drive or something, I don't know, it's it's half as big, the space. So already I've I've not been able to fit all the podcast stuff on, so I've had to buy a external hard drive and everything it's very complicated and boring everybody is, is anybody still listening to this i'm excited I'm about it is anybody excited for me no okay we maybe we should talk about coronation street hang have on we, have we got any any nice introduction things to say happy thanksgiving american yes i forgot I thought you might to say, say that. it last time yes we forgot to wish them in advance i'm sorry that i forgot but i remembered after we recorded does that count i hope you all had no, a wonderful fine. day we had a little Thanksgiving thing here, didn't we? We did. We it's do. not quite the same as normal. We usually have friends and family around, but it was just me and me this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Still very nice. We've got loads of extra leftovers. We have got the <laughs> fridge full of turkey it's and gammon and things. So, um, yeah. yeah, that will be eating that over the next few days. Yeah, but yeah, definitely happy Thanksgiving to all our American listeners. Yes. And anything else this week? I, I, dre- I dreamt up a joke. Oh yeah, jo- but it's a bit rude. No, it's fine. It doesn't have a rude word in, so I think it you're okay to say it. It doesn't have a rude word it. in it, but it's a rude meaning for for a word. It's okay because it would fit nicely with our um, podcast titles. Were the situation described in your dream to appear as a storyline on Coronation Street? Do you want to say your joke? You, so that you dreamt. My dream was in my dream there were two people and they were telling a joke, and the joke was, "What do you call a Caribbean cooking competition?" I don't know. What do you call the Caribbean cooking competition? A jerk-off. 
<laughs> but in my dream, it was like the office where people were getting things wrong and it was really awkward. And so one person knew the answer to the joke. And when the other person said, what, blah, 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 he got really excited and shouted, jack off. <laughs> Instead, because he got it wrong. It was really weird. And then I woke oh, up, I was no. like, did I just invent a joke in my dream? I don't know. Oh. I'm sure somebody else has I come like up with this already, story. but I thought I like it was that funny. Yes. Oh, I know. Something else we can talk about, and this is podcast related. By the time we release our next podcast, it's going to be December. And you know what oh, that's going to yeah, mean, Gemma? Yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. of things that happens to our podcast in December. Number one, we have Jingle Bells on the I theme music. So look out for that next week, music. if I remember. Oh, you better remember. And also we've got a new Christmas cover for the podcast as well, haven't we? have done a bit of designing. And so uh, look out for that. Probably the 1st of December. That'll go yeah. up there. So that's quite exciting. Um, that's it, really. It also means soon that we've got the Conversation Street Awards, but we still... I can't remember whether no, we've we mentioned it before them. on the podcast, but we are putting it back a little bit until after the 60th anniversary, just so that we can um, include any particular scenes or stories or deaths or whatever. So a little bit longer to wait for oh, the nominations to come die. out. Oh, you think someone's going to die? Well, I, uh, it wouldn't be... I reckon, I think... It wouldn't be I, a big... I know, I know someone probably will die. Do you? Um, you Oliver. know that. Oh. <laughs> We're recording this before Friday's episodes. Yeah, it's it's Friday at twenty to seven at the sure. moment, and um, yeah, things aren't looking too hot for Ollie. We'll have to see but when we come back for Street Talk. Henry's pulled through. I've got a prediction for the sixtieth. What? I think Jeff's going to die somehow. I am wondering because I am. I, I like the, I reckon like the the court case. Doesn't really feel like it's going to go well for Yasmin somehow. Why do you think that? I because don't know. she's starting to worry about well, it. A th- bit. Nobody seems to be putting any effort in apart from Alia. It's it's not really ramping up that much like yet. But again, the maybe there. in tonight's episode it will do when we when we actually yeah. get around to watching it. I'm not so sure. So I'm like, mm, I don't I don't know what's. What well, I think happen? I think whatever happens, we're not going to be seeing much more of Jeff following the sixth. So is my th- prediction. Right. There are but, two there are two ways to get out. The Jeff will get out of the story. Right. The f- the first way seems to be. And it's got to be this year. Really, it has to be this year. If he's not going to get found guilty at the court case, which I'm like, oh, I don't know. If he do, if he does, he's go not to prison, on trial. Yeah, is he's he? not on trial, so they'd have to initiate proceedings against him. You don't go to court as a witness and get taken down, do you? No. During the same proceedings. Hang anyway, on a minute, we got the wrong person arrested there. Come here, you. <laughs> right. So so that would take too long. Then we've got um, Christmas. It, oh, nothing's going to happen at Christmas. I, I think Christmas is going to be cosy and like really low key this year. I don't know. We'll have to see. This is my we? prediction because they they said they they could record it in advance, so I don't think it's going to be based on anything. No, or they, maybe they had alternate plans. They did that. They had alternate plans. I'm going to say yeah, but I'm going to say I don't think much is going to happen at Christmas. That's really super dramatic because I think we've already had too much drama. And so the other thing is, so the 60th week's got to be something amazing. And like, will, will Yasmin be let out and then her and Jeff have a fight? Or, like... Because the other, the only way out of it... I was just about to say, the only way out of it for Jeff is... Right, he gets taken down the court case, isn't going to happen. Uh, the court case initiates proceedings against him, which drag him into the next year. Mm. He goes off into the sunset with bags full of money, thanks to Ray. Yeah, Something else happens. I don't think the other three things make any sense. So something else is going to happen. And at the sixth year... Maybe he's going to, like, attack Yasmin or Alia. Or maybe something happens in Speed Dial and, like, you know, with the, like somebody falls into a big vat of Dial and dies or, <laughs> um, like, explodes the kitchen or... I just, I just think he's going to die. 
I, don't, I, I still don't really want it, but it, it could happen. I mean, we Ian Bartholomew yeah. has just started. Um, he, he's he's joined social media this week, hasn't he? He's appeared on yeah, Twitter. See, that's he's released his single me. that we talked about, and he's tweeted yesterday. I've just signed a record deal, which really? is incredible. I know, I know. So he his um, social see, media activity would suggest that hands. he's moving on. Um, but yeah, we spoilers, haven't, haven't got long to wait because yeah, it I is think... nearly anniversary, nearly Christmas. Also, Christmas stuff. Uh, this is something I else. I suppose something could happen at New Year. Yeah, the other, I guess the so. other yeah. period of time that things can happen. On the subject of Christmas, um, Coronation Street stars should find some lovely Christmas cards in their pigeonholes. Which they'll get in from February, February. week, won't they? Because we sent our curry Christmas cards I into think we left it too late. Our favorite members of cast. Every year we send it at the end of November, and it's like, oh, it's well, I mean, too it's, late. It's arrived. They are in people's pigeonholes now. It just depends on what they're filming between now exactly. and the end of the year. So, anyway, anyway, that was plenty of introduction jibber jabber, and I think um, jabbery. I think you may have a quiz for me, Gemma. <laughs> I do I have predict a quiz. that. I don't know do what's going to happen in the sixth year, but I do think that you probably have got a quiz on your phone. What else is going to happen? Right now. I really had such a different idea about what would happen in sixth year at the beginning of this year. And now I'm like, I really just feel like it's going to be a normal week and maybe Jeff dies in it. The thing is as well, about to the sixth year though, I know that by the time this is released, this podcast, the embargo will have lifted <laughs> on anniversary week. So, as people are listening to this, a lot of them will already have seen, because I think it's probably at midnight tonight (gasps) that there's going to be a deluge of information online about the 60th week. Spoilers galore, probably. Pictures, trailers, I imagine. They're not going to say everything. They'd be be stupid to say everything. (laughs) But um, if you want to know what's going to happen in the 60th, um, in general terms, then, yeah, by the time you listen to this, you can probably find out. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to find out. I know, but just don't, please don't look. I don't want, I don't me? want, yeah, I don't want you to, How am I to look and have a sneak. You don't... want me to go on Twitter and stuff? Yeah, but, I, I, I think I'm we just gonna, want to scroll past it quickly. I'm not going to I don't look know on how, purpose. I don't know how easy it's going to be to avoid. I, I wish they wouldn't, but, you know, they've got to ramp up the publicity, haven't they? Well, exactly. Anyway, go Listen. on. Go on. This is why I like the advert, the trailers that they get made specifically for an event, which just hint at what could happen. Well, like last Christmas one where Gary yeah. goes into the Rovers and he's got his bullet in a box. Yeah. I like yeah. things like that. They, they're better, but they're obviously way more expensive and complicated. Mm. So, you know, that's what I'm normally like, though. Whatever's more complicated and expensive is what <laughs> my favourite thing will be. Right, okay. We're finally at the quiz section of the podcast and... I'm going to ask you about things that happened between the 23rd and the 27th of November in years ending in a zero and a five. I knew you would. And I sourced it from coronationstreet.fandom.com. <laughs> One day we'll have our own Wikipedia fan. Wiki. One day. <laughs> there One we day. 23rd of November 1970. Oh, I haven't got a pen. I have, have a pen. I have right. a pen right here. Greg Flint and Gary Strauss, two US Army soldiers, turn up on the street to reveal what about Joe Dinelli? Oh. oh, I can't remember. I don't remember. Um, like, uh, I don't know. I cannot remember. But he had deserted from the army. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, 23rd of November 2015. Leanne is forced to reveal that Simon has been hitting her for months when what occurs at number one? <laughs> I don't remember that this either. There were so many things I could have asked you a really easy question. That's really question. hard. I could have said what to you... Uh... What was the name of the army soldier who was revealed to have deserted? You yeah. would have got Joe Janelli immediately. Do you reckon? I don't know whether I would. You would have. Um, what happens? There's I mean, only, that Leanne... I, there's only one wrong in the army I soldier. I don't know. You have to tell me. 
gone. Simon hits Amy. Yeah, he does indeed. Yeah. That was it, you can't say yeah afterwards, can you? 24th of November, 1975, Annie Walker suffers a break-in at the hands of Les Grimes. Okay, I remember this. Who's the other person then? I don't know. Ne- and Neil Foxall, but who comes to her rescue? Lem Fairclough. Yeah. And? Yeah. Jerry Booth. No. Oh, half a point. I'm giving myself half a Who point. Who do you that think one. the other person was then? Ray Langton. Yeah. It was, I remember. Now. Albert raises the Can I give myself one? You can give yourself one. I give myself one because yeah. I've only got, yeah, I got the last two wrong. I'm being really mean to you this week. 24th of November 1995. 24th of November 1995. Yeah. Final appearance of which character? Um. Uh, any, any clues about this character? Um, Perhaps. I'd rather you guessed. Uh, Can't believe this isn't tattooed on your heart. This seems Bet. really probable to me. Bet Gilroy. Reg. Reg. Oh, I was thinking Reg. I was flipping thinking Reg. You should have said no and Reg would have been my second guess. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Bet was earlier in the year. Oh, I'm so annoyed at myself. Yeah, was, oh. You should be. I, oh, nah. 25th of November, 2010. Nah. Why is there a silver lining to David's diagnosis of idiopathic epilepsy? At least it meant he didn't run down Graham on purpose. Yeah, because it may help him in court. Yeah, I'll give myself a point. I'll get him a point wherever I can at the moment. This is an awful week. 25th of November, 2010. John discovers the identity of his stalker, but who is it? Charlotte Hoyle. Yes. Yeah. 26th of November, 2010. What is Ken appalled to hear Audrey telling Fred about the council council's plans for the street? 2010? Yeah. He hears that there are plans for the street. Fred wasn't even around in 2010. Are you okay. sure this wasn't 2000? Is this to do with the 40th anniversary? Oh, maybe I got the date I wrong. I think you got the date wrong. Um, <laughs> is it to do maybe with the fact that they're going to... talking to Fred in heaven. They're going to tarmac the cobbles? Yeah, they're going to remove the cobbles. Yeah. Sorry about that. Well done. You get a, we should probably get a bonus an extra point for telling you, yeah, correcting the quiz master. 2000, and, oh, 2000, 27th of November, who wins the Mr. and Mrs. contest at the Rovers to then get dis- told that they have been disqualified by Les? Uh, oh, Roy and Hayley. Yes. And why did they? He said that they're Mr. and Mr. probably. Yes, he's a bastard. Do, do I get a point for that? Yeah, go on then. Yeah. Okay, I'm back in the game. That's it. Five. Oh, okay. Five, six, six out of nine. That's oh, all right, Abby. Abby. Stop it. Six out of nine. I got I started <laughs> so off started off bad, but uh, yeah. Great. Well, Who's well got done. a birthday coming up this week, my darling? Twenty eighth of November. Charles Dale, who played Dennis Stringer. Graham Hawley, who played John Stave. Oh. Emma Edmondson, who played Mel Morton. Isn't that funny? Emma Edmondson and Mel Morton. Both How illiterative. Good names, aren't they? 29th of November, Owen Aronovich, who played John Lindsay. 30th of November, Conor McIntyre, who played Pat Phelan. And Sterling Gallagher, who played Paula Martin. He's on the end of the phone, can't be bothered to go and help Oliver. <laughs> Terrible. Right, happy birthday to all those First people. 1st of December, Chloe oh, Newsom. Still going. Who's Vicky oh, McDonald the second. Uh, yeah. 3rd of December, direct- stop purring into the microphone. Sorry, oh, not me. <laughs> Get over here, Abby. 3rd of December. We're supposed to be showing off our great new sound technology. I wonder if there's a button on my new computer. Yeah, and a a de-purrer. 3rd of December, director Gerald Blake and Jennifer James, who played Gina Gregory. Another one. JJ Gugger. The 4th of December, Thomas Craig, who played Tommy Harris. 
Happy birthday to all those Happy birthday to you. Right, well, as we said earlier, we haven't actually watched Coronation Street yet for this week. But um, I feel that tonight may be somewhat of a tearjerker, but you never know, they could turn it round and make it a a jovial, light-hearted affair. You never know, do you? (laughs) You don't, you never know. Let's let's watch it in a bit and find out. We'll see you later on, everybody. In in mere seconds. Mere seconds for you, but a bit longer for us. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Okay, Street Talk, we've watched it now, we're back. And well, sad. The sadness, Gemma. It's very sad. I mean, it was. It was always going to be, wasn't it? I, did you? I, I mean, did you know that he was definitely going to die tonight? I thought it was obvious that he was. Going it it to seemed be. like it was ramping up to it, I and mean, I didn't know for hundred percent sure, but all signs were pointing towards that. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought they did a uh, a really good job. Um, I guess we'll we'll get onto it and uh, and share our thoughts as we get there, but. Yeah, um, I've I've seen an awful lot of uh, very very much deserved praise for Jane Tanson, not just for this week, but I mean this week in particular. In just general, think, but this week in particular, yes. I don't know how she does it. Where no, does I know. she? That I mean, Acting. it must leave her so drained. I know, I know. It's, it's draining watching it. Yeah, and and shriveled and dried up through all those tears that coconut she's cried. Coconut water, I told you before, when we had Rana, coconut water. It's got electrolytes in it. <laughs> but, uh, blimey, I, I hope that Jane does get a well-deserved rest after this. I mean, I assume the story hasn't, isn't cut dead at this point, but um, I think I think we may see Jane, you know, sidelined for Going a little bit. Going somewhere in the, for uh, a rest. Maybe she can go to the grief retreat in Scotland. Yes, they did so much good work on Daniel there, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, he's completely cured. <laughs> yeah, he comes back and immediately finds a prostitute. So what's Jack, what's uh, that going to do? Get herself a job as a sex worker. <laughs> Already done that. Well, why not go back? No, she's going to come back and start stealing kids. Um, anyway, we're still going to do all that storyline first. We've got the All Over for Oliver storyline first, followed by the Robert Johnny storyline, which wasn't really about that anymore, but um, the follow-up, which is also quite dramatic. Um, then we had the, the, the Yasmin-Jeff sort of stuff. I've still got Yaz fighting as the storyline title here. Have we had a different one well, since then? Well, they're still fighting with one they're another. They're still, and it is ramping up to the, the climax next week, I assume. I mean, it feels like we're, we're on the home straight towards the 60th anniversary in many a storyline now, aren't we? I don't think it's going to let up in any way. Next week, I can't see that it's going to be a let down. It can't be, because this week was pretty good. Very good, especially compared to last week's um, kind of flop, as it were. Um, and, and yeah, I think that with, with Yasmin's trial next week and then the 60th the week after, we've got a good couple of, of weeks worth of curry in store. Um, we, that, I mean, that, that was, they were the main stories this week. We had a bit of the fag and shagging falling off wagon um, and, and a bit of the tods on the pool. But obviously the main um, focus was deservedly on Steve and Leanne. Poor little Oliver this week. Yeah. And the ensemble cast surrounding them, which who I think haven't necessarily had... I, I haven't seen as much praise as they deserve. It's all, Everything seems to be like on social media at Jane, doesn't it? And she certainly is up there. She, she's, well, she's carried she's, most of the emotional yeah, she, she work of, of this story and she's very much been the focus of Oliver's story. Um, but as you say... 
the the rest of the cast surrounding her i mean there's like a hierarchy of like the most important people down isn't there like yeah. steve and then you've got um Lee, uh toya nick Ke- um tracy and then and then you've got like the, the children so you've got simon emma and amy yeah, I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more Tracy with this. She felt a bit too oh, sidelined. It wasn't about Tracy yeah, at no, all. Yeah, everyone can be in everything. And it was nice that she was there watching from the corridor with Nick. But yes. then also, I mean, you you might say that Toya has been sidelined quite a lot on this. But although she she certainly had a fair bit to do this week, which was nice. Um, I well, did... they've got to they've got to preserve the impact, don't they? Yeah, of the story and the focusing on Leanne certainly did that. Mm. I I did feel that in tonight's show, and and I don't know whether you agree with us or not, the uh, Emma, Simon, and Amy things felt a bit shoehorned in. As no, like, I know you said that, but I don't agree with you. We we've got to. I, I just kind of felt it's like people are going to be wondering what these characters are doing at the moment. We no, can't I have didn't them all at the hospital. Agree. I thought it felt like this is how a family copes. I, I yeah I I know it was it was supposed to it was when supposed to be when things like this happen there are there are there is a hierarchy isn't there in any family who is the closest one to what's happening and then other people take their place and when you're on the periphery of something like this as these children are you still have your own struggles and you still got to cope with it but you're not the focus it's true yeah i I agree with all that and it's not like i'm adverse to those having their own scenes i just think that the particular scenes that they were in it didn't really add very much and they were talking about you know amy's lactose intolerance which seems to be they bring it up to say look everybody we've remembered that amy's lactose intolerant but uh, don't forget that this is a story in a show that's for people of all different ages and different people mm. naturally feel kinship to people who are in the same group as they are. Yeah. So younger people probably can't really relate as much to Leanne's, what she's going through, as they would be able to relate to the, the kids. That's that's very, very and true. And many a time, you, if as a child, you might have been found yourself in a situation where something like this is happening and you're not, you know, you're part of the family, but say, you know, great aunt, whatever, dies or you know somebody you're not really that close to mm. even though they are, they were close to Oliver but they're not they're not the center of it they're yeah just talking amongst themselves but i i like those scenes i thought it was good and it showed again it reminded me of the Aiden storyline in that we get reactions from different characters and they vary depending on what the personality of the characters like and what the relationship of them is with the character that's it's happening to. Mm. So when Aiden died, we had a range of different like Kate was angry at him, Beth thought he was selfish, etc., etc., etc. In this storyline, you get like Emma's Emma's kind of feeling a bit distanced from people because she like oh I didn't know about Amy's lactose intolerance or whatever. So she's trying. And the thing I like about Emma as well as a character is that rather than just doing what many characters on Coronation Street would do, which is to cry in a darkened room about how left out they feel, she said, "Let's fix this problem. Let's all get to know each other." Yeah, that that's that's true. I I did still think it felt to me a bit like why doesn't Emma know that Amy's lactose intolerant? Surely this sister of hers that she's known, you know, closely for a no, good well, she's observed her, couple of years yeah, now. Yeah, but this is the thing about not drinking milk. It's not necessarily because you're lactose intolerant anymore, is it? I know, I just think... She's I just noticed felt... that she doesn't drink milk, but she didn't know she was allergic to it. Like, 
I just would have thought that that would have come up. I don't know that it would have done these days. I, Michael, I'm just people saying probably I assume that you dr- eat fish because you're not weird. But just like Daisy, <laughs> if you were faced with a trout for lunch, you probably want to go somewhere else. I thought lazy trout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, fine, fine. And I, I will just say, because <sighs> I say what I say, I'm sorry. Go on, get I on thought that Alex Bain was the weak point in this story. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. He's old enough to take it. I didn't I didn't feel that he brought his A game or if he does his A game isn't good enough. I didn't believe his grief and I I, I all, all through this we we we've been asked to believe that he and Ollie are close but we've never never really seen him interact anyway and I I just I I didn't Sorry. Okay. He's not a little boy I'm anymore. I'm going to inter- interrupt you. Are you going to agree with me? I didn't have a particular feeling about it. I don't think I saw what you saw. I just, I, I, I didn't, I didn't That's believe fine. it. That's fine. We don't need to dwell on it. squeeze that out here a little bit. So, shall I get into what actually happened? I, no, no, I'll do it. It's fine. Do you want me to do it? Do you want me to do it? I'll synopsis. I'll, I'll do it. Synopsisize. I'll be a big boy. I'll do the big story for this week. So, um, we start Are off gonna on... Are going to do it properly? Yes, I'll do it properly. Listen, disclaimer. If you find levity offensive... You might not like this podcast. That's just a disclaimer for every episode. Every episode it's is the same. We we are so, we're sarcastic and we use dark humour. It's not for everybody. If you don't like it, that's okay. But please don't listen to this if you don't like it. It's really a waste of everybody's time. <laughs> Look, I thought it was. I thought this was fab. This story, oh, yeah, but this I don't want. I'm not going to do a poe faced. Re- recount of everything that happened for the main story of the week because that's that's an hour. People have just been watching. I know, yeah. I could I tell you what, Six. I could barely eat my fried rice today. I was that choked up. <laughs> so Leanne is singing and sobbing at the beginning of the week, which kind of seems to be a theme for her for the whole of the week, really. Uh, we did wonder when it was Sarah Louise singing away a couple of weeks ago, whether it was because Jane had something written into a contract that she wasn't going to be doing no singing on screen. No, I told you. Oh, yeah, no, you you're right. That, you're you right. We did get one, didn't we? Yeah, we got a little bit more. She sings You Are My Sunshine, which has ruined the song for me forever, because that used to be our song for each other. I know, other. that used to be now the song she that you sang to it. me. <laughs> Thank you, Leanne. Always selfish, ruining something, selfish Leanne. cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, talking of speaking of Lee and Leanne, um, there was that other character Lee in tonight's episode, wasn't there? Daisy's yes. Lee. <laughs> and there was a line where was it Jenny or, or, or I can't remember who it was saying, "Oh, how's Lee doing?" Or <laughs> I'm just going to go and check how Lee's doing. Is, is Lee all right? And leave, I was no, like, "Leave it. Leave, leave her alone. She's um, not <laughs> she's doing in, so great at the moment. In a, actually, she's involved in a process." Um, so anyway, Steve comes into the hospital because there's the holdover from last week of this memory box idea. Um, so he's there with his, with his magic wand and he's going to extract some silver threads from Ollie's brain, Dumbledore style. And Harvesting Leanne, his parts is what he's up to. Yeah, stick it in the pensive. And uh, Leanne don't care anymore. She says, do what you want. Well, she does care. Uh, yeah, she she does, but I mean, she's, I think she's exhausted. We, we get the picture this week. Yeah, she is exhausted. She's so not tired. Surprised. She can't get she, mad. And she that's how can't we're... fight people coming to see. Like even like Nick coming along this week, she's just like. She... Well, this kind of show, shows a shift, doesn't it? Doesn't it in her thinking? Because uh, um, previously she used it as a way of controlling people and punishing them. Like you can't see Oliver. Get out! Get out! Get out! And now she's so tired. And so drained. Well, it's partly as well because she she is shifting her focus of who to attack more onto the hospital. She 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 can't. She doesn't want to have a go at. She hasn't got the energy to fight Nick and Steve. 
and also go down this negligent hospital route, which is the tack that she decides to take on Monday, having, I mean, the, the, the court case last week where she was trying to... I mean, that, that was fighting the hospital now, but uh, as well... That was just that was arguing against the, the hospital. Professional opinion. Yeah. This so, is, so I'm going to take you down. Well, now hospital. it's say undermining their ability to make the decision, isn't it? And, and yeah. saying that they weren't, they've not made the proper decision because they're negligent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she goes and tells Imran, I want to, I want to, yeah, take down the NHS. I'm going to sue the NHS. Mm. How's that, how's that go for you, Leanne? We don't like that sort of thing in look. our country. No. Um, we get a couple During of Steve scenes. They have Nick's. I really enjoyed Steve and Nick's scenes this week, and those two together haven't had like loads of scenes, particularly, have they? No, as the two dads of the story. Yeah. But I think they played off each other really, really well. They're this united in hopelessness. I've written in my notes here. They both know it's over, but they can't make Leanne see this. Um, Steve goes and gets a, a bit of hair from from Ollie. Um, there's a lot of it. As he chops it off the mop, and uh, he's there waving it around when Leanne comes in. What's the this, Steve? Oh, no, but imagine how you'd feel if you walked in and you know that they're taking hair from your child because he's going to die and they want something to remember him by. And not just that, but they, in your mind, are the cause of his death. Mm. Yeah. Like, imagine how you'd feel... If you were Leanne, Steve's now decided to kill Ollie, and so he's taking a bit of his hair to remember him. Yeah, harvesting his barnet. How furious and disgusted and just aghast would you be? Mm. Well, she 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 has a right go at him for manhandling her son. She says as well. She's almost like divorcing Steve from his own son. She's like, this is all. It's just me. She's feeling the loneliness here. Yeah. Um. And so they start to have a slanging match. Steve leaves. And Nick's even trying there to defend him, but she has a go at Nick as well, saying, I'm the only one left fighting for my son. And this is when Nick made that funny noise. This is great. Uh, what does he do? It he just, just goes goes like, Ugh. <laughs> and leaves. I thought it was fantastic. It really, it it's really like was a, I, the perfect, like, it's end up. point to everybody's exhausted every avenue of communication with Leanne over the past weeks. Like, mm. And at the end of the day, when she's shouting at you and yelling and all you're trying to do is protect your future memories of your kid and she can't understand why, what you're doing and why, all you can say is, ugh, mm. and leave. <laughs> yeah. I, really I, I want to know how it was written in the script. I want to know if it was, it felt like it was an ad lib, but I can't believe it was, but it really feels like, ugh. It's like how in, uh, in the scripts for The Simpsons, they have apparently Homer say annoyed grunt for when he does his dough. Oh, really? Appa- apparently so. That's, that's oh. the, so maybe, maybe that was Nick's version of an annoyed grunt. I don't know. <laughs> so Imran, meanwhile, is telling Toya. And I did like how we had plenty of Imran and Toya scenes this we week. We did. Good. Let's see more of them as a couple, please. He says to Toya, look, Leanne's plans have gone from slim to hopeless now that Steve is actively fighting against her. There is not, yeah. a, she does not stand a cat in hell's chance off, here. Started off with him just saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get involved. And then he turned from that to, no, I'm going to stop you from doing this. Yeah. And he says that this hospital negligent thing is barking right over the wrong tree. That That's the dead end, basically. Leanne's clutching at straws. We we need to try and get this message through to her. 
Um, and he finds Leanne in the hospital later. He's got he's got Elliot with him, who again I think was superb. He's a real unsung star of this story, Elliot. He's had what he's really five, six his scenes. Shines, so Elliot. He 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 is one of those characters that I. He's very believable, just like Doctor so, Hospital. So he believable. He completely feels like they've just. They've just got a lawyer and a doctor and they've told them this is real. And they're just like, okay, you can film it, I suppose. Elliot has got real gravitas as yeah. a lawyer. And I, I mean, because he's, is it right, he's specialised in this kind of thing. So it's yeah. not going to be like next time somebody needs a lawyer. Oh, I've got Elliot for this case. Oh, well. It's not like they're not drowning in lawyers already in Coronation Street. I know, Street they go years Imran, and years Now we've got three going at once. Yeah, but... And um, one who's been was, debarred. I, I still think that was fantastic ca- casting for Elliot. Well, anyway, really, he's really got a story like of his own. Mm? Elliot's got a story of his own, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he's got to his sob story. He's not going his to sister, His sister end. was working in the ICU at the height of coronavirus and hasn't the NHS been brilliant? We're all clapping for their carers and I'm I no way, I cannot go. possibly fight against the NHS. They haven't done anything wrong in their lives. They're saints. Yeah, I thought this was good. I've still seen people on Twitter saying that this story is bad because it makes the NHS look bad, but I just don't know what you're on if you think that. No, it I clearly, think you're not clearly doesn't. The same program as I am. No, the the NHS throughout this have been portrayed. They've done in nothing but only a positive backwards. light. Yeah, I mean, and we know that's not always the case. You know, mm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend there aren't people that work for the NHS who are a bit crap. It, it's true. Oh yeah, as we've all whole, been at the receiving end of a Mardi nurse. Yeah, as a, as a whole, they're fantastic, but it doesn't mean that everybody who works there is secretly Spider Man. People use it to say Superman, but I wanted to say Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Toya walks in on this and um, has to then chase Leanne out of the hospital to outside. And it's... it sounds like she was beating her with a stick. <laughs> get out, get out. She's like clapping her hands at her, going, psh, psh, get out. Oh, it was interesting how Toya was still sticking with Leanne. She, Leanne's saying that she's on her own, but at this point, Toya is still at least saying she's on her side, but you can tell that she's clearly not into it. She she knows that Leanne is um is fighting and she's alone and feels I'm, you she's know, like, contractually obliged yeah. as one of the Battersby clan to stick by you. Yeah. Leanne kinda of reminds me of a moth hitting a light bulb. Constantly. Like she's trying to get somewhere and she's never gonna get there. She just bash, bash, bash. And what's Toya in the situation? Yeah, Toya's like us, watching a moth going, okay, I guess. <laughs> you can do it, moth. You can, you can do that if you want to, but I'll Le- support you. Leanne is I'm on the phone to Paula. <laughs> I was wondering when Leanne phoned up Paula whether she would make another appearance, Sterling Gallagher. Yeah, but she's busy. She is busy. She's she's busy doing other things. Paula's she's like, no thanks. It up. Yeah, Paula's like, no. Um, Toya is thanked for sticking by her, which is soap talk for, thank you so much, you're lovely, and you're probably going to do something to stab me in the back um, any time now. Time. Yeah. So they go back to the flat, one bowl of soup later, and Leanne is saying, sorry Toya for getting you caught up in all this, um, but she still can't hide her she, disgust she puts about a big Imran. Dig in about Im- she's really bitchy yeah, about Imran. She, uh, Imran cutting and running. She's like, I, you're, you're my sister betrayer. and everything, but yeah, basically, your him. boyfriend has betrayed us and he it's wants Ollie dead. My, my oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, everybody wants Ollie dead. It's like she's. Toya doesn't normally argue or st- with Leanne or try to present an alternative opinion, but when. 
when Toya, uh, Leanne starts being horrible about Im- Imran, she can't really hold her tongue and she does try to stick up for him and she says he was acting on his conscience. Yeah, yeah, I, I, was, I was glad to see that. I was good to see that Toya did defend her man. But then that get, makes things pretty tense. Yeah, it, it does. It's getting tense and, and you can see Toya cringing as Leanne is told by Paula that she, she gets phone call, doesn't she, from Paula saying that she's not going to support her. Um, because Elliot is well respected and she trusts his judgment. Well, if, you, if somebody else was a specialist in this kind of, kind of law and they went, I'm not doing this, and then you get phoned up, you'd be like, well, I can't do it if he can't do it. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, Nick finds Steve um, later in the hospital. He's there with his handprints, isn't he? Not only is well, he... he's not got... He's... Yeah, he's... <laughs> what, so he's sitting there going, oh, hi, Nick. I was going to get a... Ollie's handprints, but look at how cool mine are. I'm going to keep these. <laughs> I've written Steve next to it and my age. I'm going to put it on the fridge. <laughs> he's got like these green hands, hasn't he? Uh, that that well, must have been given, really uh, odd. He's given Ollie, he's got Ollie's handprints, just yeah. to be clear. Yeah. The record. He painted yes. Ollie's hands when green. When I was watching this scene, I have to admit, I was lost somewhat in the logistics of how macabre it is to take a child's I know, hands. it's one thing going there and just, you know, having a little snip of the old hair. Even that. Uh, yeah, I, I know, I know. It, it's, I'm not going to... I really can't... We really shouldn't dwell on this, To though, bring yourself to do it, it's to build yourself listen, up to I'm going to snip must not, be awful. It's but not it's really like, up, up to us to have an opinion on it. Yes, it is. Um, I don't think so. If you, if you, It must be horrible to know I'm... The, the reason yeah, why can't. I'm cutting this hair, but if you say I'm oh, going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Snip there, right. I've done it. But to actually oh. sit, sit there, paint your kids' hands, no, it's not print, nice, it? wash them off again well, afterwards. Imagine, yeah, once you started that process, know, they've got to go through it, haven't they? Yeah. And imagine cutting the hair and knowing it's never going to grow back. Oh, mm. That's so sad. I know. Um, Leanne has just ringing, ringing, ringing all the lawyers in Weatherfield, it seems, but no good. And this is, and Toya says, look, you need to stop this. Not fighting is not the same as surrendering, which is a good quote this week. Yeah. And I was really, really enjoying Toya up to this point because I had felt that up until now she... It's not that she was spineless or anything, but she. I felt that Leanne needed telling some harsh truths by this point and Toya hadn't been the one saying them to her. But then she was. She was saying, look, you've you've got to stop this. And I thought, yeah, maybe Toya is going to be the one that helps Leanne see the light. And then, then, then Toya kind of drops herself in it by revealing that she knew what Imran and Elliot had been up to and, and, and the, earlier that day. And it wasn't even that long that she'd known that they were sort of planning on, planning saying, on no. saying no I'm not going to support you Leanne and, and and then Leanne loses her rag at Toya and makes her leave and it was just it's just a shame because you thought I you thought, thought this was a bridge too I, far and I just, I just thought that um having Toya stand up to her sister showed real strength of character they didn't need to have her go oops I said the wrong thing I'm gonna set you off again Leanne and to make it even worse it was there was no particular follow-up from it because on Wednesday Leanne's kind of forgiven Toya again it just felt like a little bit it of unnecessary to, to, drama. To, to create a d- bit of d- it's because the soap has to have three big sort of story moments at the end of episodes every week you know 
Yeah, I just felt that um, it's part of Toya was sacrificed a little bit yeah. for the sake of that that cliffhanger. Yeah, but anyway, it, as I said, it, it wasn't lingering. It, it was great the rest of the week. Oh, so, this was great as well with Leanne. Yeah, so what, what I like, what I liked about this week, one of the many things I liked about this week is that each of the episodes felt quite distinct. And I was saying last week that it was starting to feel a little bit draggy y and I was ready for it to end. And it was like, I've seen this before. But Monday's episode was all about, you know, the memory box and Leanne and Toya. Wednesday's episode, the, the, it was, this is the episode where Leanne trains to be a lawyer. <laughs> or attempts to, She thought least. she could just do a training montage in 15 minutes and it didn't work. Yeah. She's like, I am a TV character. This should work fine. Yeah. But sadly, it's not that sort of TV and, show. Uh, and Friday's episode was obviously the end. So it, it felt, yeah, very... Episodic. nicely episodic this week speaking of montages i thought we were going to get one at the end of today's episode toya started Ooh, speaking she yeah. started doing the thing she was going to be doing her bafta speech well both both toya and leanne almost had a bafta speech today but they I were know, cut I was short really waiting for leanne's massive long speech to come out but she stopped talking yeah when, when they got back to the well, we'll, we'll get, get there when we get it. there but i thought really? oh no but actually both of them at the end so let, let's uh, let's get there when we get there so yeah leanne speaking of speeches, is practising her appeal speech first thing on Wednesday. And that kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. When At the beginning of the episode, it's like, what, what's that she's reading? What she's doing? And it's like, oh no, she's, she's not, is she? She's, she's trying to, she's practising standing up in front of, well, you know, whichever court it, it was. It to show you how much she is fighting and cares and she doesn't care what, like, whatever she needs to do, she really believes she can do it and and at this stage as well she's clearly delusional well she i don't think (sighs) and i i I don't think we were supposed to be i don't think there are many viewers that were supposed to be thinking yeah go on leanne you can do this like oh leanne's become a lawyer now yeah yeah you stand up to that hospital but that was partly jane danson's good performance of leanne it was just tragic seeing she didn't know what she was saying in this clearly hopeless situation she was still fighting and it just made us pity her even more that she thinks this is actually going to work you know open university use the word sympathize rather than pity <laughs> sounds a bit patronizing um anyway she's she's telling steve right i'm I, I can't get any lawyers to represent me i'm going to represent myself and steve's like you're not thinking straightly and this is the end of the road and he's worried about what this is doing to her because she is clearly not you know like I said, not thinking straight she's she's yeah, just she is punishing herself and um right. it's fruitless and it's sad and it's taking her she's, away she's from working she's going to end up having a nervous breakdown or collapse of exhaustion and, and everything and that's she's like you putting said so much pressure on herself and i think the more she takes on for herself the more personally she would take it when it doesn't work mm. like she can blame everybody else now but once it's all on her shoulders yeah, it's her fault then, and it's not fair on her to let her think that she could ever, you know, be responsible for 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 this. Yeah, and you're right about what you said about it being at the expense of Oliver as well. Well, because, because at the she... moment we didn't really think or know how long Oliver's got left, and the doctors don't really know either. But you know, it did feel a bit like Oliver's just going to be on on machines until she's ready to say goodbye. But there becomes a development, doesn't there? Yeah, and and I think probably in today's episode, Leanne would have taken a step back and think, I've I've not been with Ollie today. I've been barricading myself in Imran's office. And when I got back to the hospital, he was nearly dead. And if I'd have stayed in that office, if I hadn't 
you know, if Toya and Nick hadn't come round to let me out and or not let me out or you know, tell me to get out and go to the hospital, I could have missed Ollie dying if they hadn't resuscitated him, you know? Um, anyway, Dr. Hospital comes to them and says that she has had some worrying blood test results. This is the other thing with Leanne as well. She She almost doesn't seem... Bothered. Bothered by the blood test results. Because because in her think... mind, it's irrelevant because she's going to save Oliver by winning this court case. Mm. So And she doesn't she... trust anything that the doctors have got to say anyway. So but whatever I think the she's hospital... like, oh, he's not going to die of that. He's going to die because you kill him. Yeah. yeah. So that, you know, that's in her mind. Like, as long as I can keep you from turning the machines off, he's fine. Mm. Yeah, basically. Um, so Toya comes to see Leanne and, um, yeah, it looks like she's been forgiven for yesterday, like I said. Leanne's clearly stressing out with all this legal jargon that she's having to learn and she begs Toya to ask Imran to come and help her and Toya's like, I really, really can't. Imran won't help anyone who's fighting against the hospital. Uh, I can't remember. It did was um, the fact that Rana was a nurse brought up anywhere here because I know I that Elliot had his sister being the NHS worker and I'm... Obviously, Imran's going to have quite, you know, strong ties to the NHS with, with Rana. I yeah. I mean, I also wanted to point out that there is a real case in in the UK that I had I knew about, but I didn't actually realise was the same thing as Oliver. I think has. So have you, you've heard of Charlie Gard, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So I- he was in the news recently because the parents are trying to, um, what's the word? A campaign for parents to have better, more transparent information from the medical services throughout every stage of their child's treatment. But I didn't realise how closely this storyline really does follow the Charlie Gard case, and nobody's really talking about it. Doesn't seem like it's being brought up or anything. But I've seen some people mention it. But so I just want to quickly say about so so Charlie Gard. He was like eleven months old when he died, um, but he. He was in um, the... So he's, he had mitochondrial DNA depletion syndrome and he was in Great Ormond Street. And so they actually called a um, a neurologist from America to come over to to look into his case. But he, he did... He had, then, he, then the child had seizures and so the hospital decided that it wasn't going to... Nothing... There was nothing that was going to work and they couldn't help him. So they would have to... Um, they, they would have to remove life support. So Then the parents wanted to try experimental treatment and they raised money to take him from New York, from the UK to New York, but the hospital intervened in that and the, the courts overrode the parents being able to take him out of the hospital because they said, there's you know, there's no point in doing it and he's not going, you know, he might not even survive doing this. So it went all the way through to the Court of Appeals, Supreme Court and the European Court of Human Rights and eventually it got, um, it, it they just, yeah, they couldn't save him and he he ended up dying. But um, yeah, it's just really sad that this actually happened in real, in real life a lot closer than I thought it did. Yeah. And, and um, it almost, it almost very, very similar, isn't it? Like with the 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 expert from a different country. Oh, definitely, and, it's, it's. But I have to say, I'm glad very that clearly mirroring it. I'm glad that the um, that Coronation Street didn't take it through all the courts. Yeah, it felt like enough was enough by the end of this week. Well, it's it's felt like that for a little while, but I. 
Anyway, um, where do we get to? Oh, we had the bit with Leanne tearing at the papers that she finds in Steve's pockets that he's, sadly for her, already lodged with the court trying to, to stop her making an appeal. Um, and then this is when she goes over to see Imran to Im- appeal for his help directly. And he says, look, you really need to take a step back here, Leanne. It's a complicated case. I don't think you're up for it. You, he, he's bit, th- this, was a, this is a fantastic scene. Charlie and Jane both played this superbly. Charlie, as well as Imran, trying to be tactful about it and and hers like desperately asking like i'm not even asking you to help me i'm just asking you to tell me how to help myself like just help me to understand what i'm doing you don't you're not i'm not asking you as a lawyer mm. and he and he's there as as a lawyer and as a kind of brother-in-law figure as well, and well he's just, you, know, you can see yeah. how gutted he looks even that he if, just he, there's nothing he can do to help yeah literally even if i helped you I wouldn't be helping you. Mm, mm. So she um, locks herself into the room this with him. It's quite dramatic. It was. She like kicks things over and says, I'm not leaving until you, you teach me how to be a lawyer. And he's like, it's not that easy. <laughs> yeah, and I put that tweet out saying that last time about as we swept the desk, or locked herself in and... Uh, Started kicking things off desks. It went completely differently. For, yeah. And I was like, oh, I can like, suddenly smell peppers and aubergines. <laughs> what could it be? Um... Anyway, Just that she scent memory. she makes him phone Elliot, <laughs> and then, and then his finger glow up, and he went Elliot. No, <laughs> so he's like, "Hi, Elliot. Yes, it's me, Imran, on the phone to you. Please come at once." But sadly, uh, Elliot didn't turn up because well, he was no. just joking. He lied. He was big, doing a big old fib. It, he he seems to have phoned Nick and Toy because they're the ones that turn up, and um, they'd say, "Look, Leanne, you need to stop this. Stop this now." Oliver needs you. She's been. She's barely seen him all day, considering the fact that she nobody's been able to pry her away from his bedside for the past couple of months. So she uh, ends up relenting, going back to the hospital, and there's all kinds of dramas going on there. Um, Ollie's taken a turn for the worse. He's what was it, liver clotting or something, and he needs resuscitating. And it's. I I did wonder at this point is is this it? Because I as I said earlier, I had a very strong feeling that this week was going to be the week when Ollie would die but I wasn't expecting it on Wednesday and when this started happening I thought oh I didn't think I didn't think it was going to happen because I thought that would be too cruel well what it was all it was really was it made Leanne realise that he might be suffering yeah 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 there, there really is this is really is the end of the road and um Steve tells her look either this is going to keep happening again and they're going to resuscitate him again but one of these times they're going to try and resuscitate him and they're not going to be able to do it and either he's going to be he, what well, he said something like he's going to die with a load of medics around him jab, jabbing him with things or he can die with us in our arms um, and we've, we've got to let him die with dignity and I think faced with those two options Leanne realises that Steve's right um and and it's well, it's it's Toya that pushes her to make the final final decision, isn't it? Because Toya finds her on the bench. I think Leanne's phoned her up, which is lovely. I I think that Toya and Leanne have got it's one of my favourite sibling relationships on the street because they, you know, they fall out and stuff, but they they have got each other's back, which is how it should be. Um, and the, uh, Toya says to him, 
it's time to take back control, Leanne, which is the Brexit slogan you pointed out. <laughs> Sorry, unfortunately, I, that, that was the only thing that rang in my ears when I heard her say that. And it's such a shame because it really was a fantastic message um, from Toya to, like, you know, take back control. But bloody hell, they ruined it with Brexit. <laughs> and, like, it's like no one can stay strong and stable anymore without sounding like Theresa May. Bob. Maybe they should have just had the, uh, one, of the, one of the Brexit buses pull up in the, in the car park. At and then the Anne would have gone, what? Hang on a minute. £500 million per week for the NHS? This is why they're trying to kill all of us. Because <laughs> of the EU. <laughs> um, anyway, they go, go back to Ollie's room and Leanne says that she's not going to fight anymore. Friday, the day of reckoning. I hate this. I hate this narrative, though, of fighting. We humans are so crap. We can't understand any. We we everything is a struggle or a fight, isn't it? And we can't see life in any other way. No, but I'm talking about in general. Like, like Leanne has been fighting for Oliver, and she's saying I'm not going to fight anymore. And it feels like it's like when people have cancer. And they say, oh, she lost her fight or, you know, mm. she's fight. She's going to fight back. She's going to she's going to win. She's going to. She's a fighter. She's yeah. A it's so it's really it's so sad because these things are out of our hands. Leanne, Leanne, it was always out of Leanne's hands. It's, it's, it's more like not like she's she says she's not going to fight anymore, which, you know, is the way she's viewing it. But she's fighting the hospital. She's yeah, fighting Steve. She's, she's fighting, fighting life. She's fighting yeah. the fact that life isn't fair. I think Toya was right. Like she, she thought that she was in control, but she was never in control. She was, she was spiraling into madness in a way. Mm. Like it was not that she stopped fighting. It's more that she's accepted. Yeah, accepted Ollie's fate. Yeah, and which is what Toya breaks um, the news to Nick it and Simon at the right. beginning of Friday's episode, and he, she says, "Yeah, the life support's going to be switched off the today. Burden of this you need a, to go to anybody. the hospital to say goodbye." This is when Simon's saying, "I don't, I don't think I can." Yeah. Um, Nick shows up though, and, oh, and then oh, and he says, "Please don't send me away." Yeah. That was so sad. This was such a horrible story. Nick shows up at the hospital, and Leanne lets him stay. Like as he said earlier, she's given up. The fighting people going to see Ollie. She, I think, she knows that it would be very, very cruel to stop Nick uh, seeing Ollie. She's anymore. not cruel. She's and, just. Um, Doctor Hospital is there saying, "Look, this is what's going to happen. We're going to, t- to take his tubes out and um, let nature take its course, basically. And, and these are some of the things that you can do to get." ready for it to happen, which is what we see playing out throughout the episode. Um, well, I like the scene where Steve was talking. Yeah, all, all of the Steve and Nick stuff was wonderful this week. Steve's there now, now that Leanne has made the decision. Steve's almost doubting himself or second, yeah. second guessing. Well, yeah, he's, he's like, like did it. I make her do this? Yeah. Are we doing the is right it, thing? Is it the right thing? It's, it, it's, I tell you, this happens all the time with with lots of things where you're opposed to somebody's idea and then they come around to your idea, you, you know, your way of thinking and then all of a sudden... Was I really much right? more difficult to... <laughs> now it's your... It's kind of like it was Steve Steve that instigated this. Mm. If it wasn't for Steve, Leanne probably would still be going through the courts. Yeah. Honestly. And so now he's burdened with the idea that he's the one... Oh. Yeah, that, that made it happen. This so is so well done. This is when we then get the saga of... Ollie's dinosaur pajamas, yeah. which Leanne wants him to die in. It, it's all yeah. awful, isn't it? Picking out your clothes, she wants him to be comfortable, Aww. and and all. 
and it's and it's not it, and, it's, it, and yeah. it's not it's still for her isn't no, it no i know because but she's it still... makes you feel this is why people care about funerals and stuff and like when someone dies you get really anxious about um, i'm picking the right am i picking the right hymns or you know is this reading what they would want because you want to do your best for them when they can't yeah. do anything for themselves yeah so she goes back and she finds them wet in the washing machine and and she ain't gonna wear be, let him let him get um to die in those uh fire engine uh, pajamas that nick's suggesting so she's gotta put them in and it's all just delaying isn't it she she knows that the end is very much nigh and she just is finding things to prolong the time that ollie's got left so she Aww. she puts them in the tumble dryer they come out she says they're still damp and nick says that nick can see she's just delaying things nick I tell but, you what i wish i had the unshakable faith in washer dryers that nick seems to have because he was adamant they would definitely be dry when they've been <laughs> through a full cycle and that makes me think that nick does not do the laundry at home because yeah. we all know Sometimes it takes more than one go. I wish we knew that. We have, we have never had a tumble dryer. Have I've we? used them before, Michael, and it ain't one. Well, I know done. I've used them before as well. I wish, yeah. Uh, I I liked the, the the bit where Nick says, "Are you sure he needs them?" Which I is know. still like saying, "Is this? Are you doing? Who are but you then, doing this for?" But then Leanne's like, "Yes, yes, I am sure." And Nick's like, "Okay, okay." She's just she's just crying at everything, uh. isn't she? Um, they they have a nice little scene um, after the break between the two episodes sort of sitting down on the kitchen floor when she's reminiscing about giving birth to Wally popping out in the lift and again she's just she thinks the longer I sit and talk the longer I try and put off going back to the hospital I can't go there yeah she can't so she is she's telling these stories she's putting the clothes in the dryer knowing that your arrival will yeah, we'll hail the, the end of your son's life. Um, but eventually they do turn up at the hospital. Leanne goes off to get him, get him his gym jams. Oh, yeah, they decide to take the, the fire engine. Did they in the... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, they did, didn't they? Um, and then we get a couple of scenes of some of the, the secondary characters. We, we get another... Emma's we get trying some Emma, to be Amy, nice Simon. and make food and she doesn't know what Steve likes to eat. Yeah. Gail wants some advice off of Toya... What on earth can we say to Nick and Leanne? I, again, I didn't feel I like that scene what was she necessary. Said. No, I, I thought this was good. This is this it, is. It's the wider, wider community, I suppose. The... I always get so stuck up about this, these things to do with what should I say? What should I say to somebody? How what what words can there be? Because I feel as though people get policed a lot on what they say, and it makes people terrified to say anything at all. And so I sometimes think, you know, oh, it's silly. Just, you know, speak from the heart and say something. It doesn't have to be an eloquent speech. It just has to be heartfelt. But then I hear some of the things that people say to other people when they're grieving. And I just think, okay, no, you really should have shut up or got some advice before you opened your mouth. It did make, it made me wonder, like, was the original plan always to have all these characters staying away from the hospital because well, it would have been, if, it if they could have had more people to together would they have had everybody there at the hospital but they just sense. wouldn't have allowed it um but this was a really good example in this, of how helpless you feel when you're on the periphery mm. like you're yeah. there you're just there you feeling useless and stupid i think the gail what should be I important do? in this story and she has had a bit to do yeah, I'm, but, I'm hoping that as but, the weeks go on she'll yeah, but Gail... You say you give her, deliver her elderly wisdom. But Gail is just Leanne's boyfriend's mum. Yeah, but 
and, and she still considers herself a grandparent to Ollie. yeah i know she i know she considers herself to be that and i don't want to diminish anybody's responsibilities to any anybody else but you know if if leanne's mum was in the in the show mm. or her grandparents yeah Gail would be a bit pushed down the, the down the pecking order um, and and then we we see the end of Ollie, or almost. It's they they go in there. Um, he's unplugged, and they they show a shot of him without a tube in his mouth oh, for the first time in however so long. Sad. Um, they they both tell him they love him. They have a sing Leanne to him. Yeah, breaks down in tears. It just flows like a waterfall. She can't and she can't sing the end of the song, can she? The, the you are my sunshine. It's the please don't take my sunshine away. <laughs> and it's like oh, I'll take him away. And then. Very interesting choice of direction to then just cut to them in the street. We don't see Ollie die, and I think that probably would have been a bit too much. Um, he's he's nearly there, and then it's like, boom, they're in the street having some kind of Mancunian showdown with them all spaced the out. Full of... Full of all the ca- all the characters in this story we're gonna how can we arrange ourselves around this corner so we're two metres apart from each other? I thought it was really... And, it was kind of... It was powerful. I thought that was a really powerful cut. But it was, it was slightly, what's the word, um, unintentionally funny when I think the first thing we see is Leanne standing on the corner of the street so she's opposite the Rovers looking down towards the I was just street. thinking how cold she must have been. And so that she's there alone but to, to the side of her is Nick, right? And that's all you can see in the opening shot of that scene. Her standing, isolated, with Nick to one side, like very metaphorical. Mm. Like she's the centre, but she's alone. But Nick's trying to help, but he's still pushed out to the side of this yeah. picture. And she's just, it like really symbolises how how alone you feel when someone dies and you, and everybody carries on. Like you think, why hasn't the world stopped? Because... This is such a significant event. This person not here anymore. Yeah, they're they're How talking about all not? the people with the lights on. Look at all these people in yeah. their homes. They don't know what's happened. But the point I'm trying to make is, so you see, all you see is Leanne and then Nick to one side and she starts talking. And then as the scene continues, it becomes apparent that actually every time some, every time we look over, there's another person who's appeared seemingly out of nowhere. Like they were all just hiding <laughs> when they had the opening shot to make it look really dramatic. But then they sort of like pop out from behind... Audrey's tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then the last few scenes of this episode are all to do with this story, aren't they? There's, there's so many. There's Toya and Imran lines. in the flat, which I thought was great. I, I, I like the slow zoom in on Toya, how she's remember remembering what... about how she delivered Ollie, and then Can Susie's. I just say, yeah, I really like Leanne's line of like nobody knows. Mm. That was really strong. That's really strong line. Yeah, it did. It did remind me a little bit of Gail's. After speech. Well, she didn't only. She only got a couple of lines out. She didn't get a massive. No, it felt like she was winding herself up to have one, and then they were going to have the montage, but but they didn't. It was um, an interesting choice not to have her to give a big speech because they really could have had her done something really epic. But I don't. I don't know. They didn't. No. Uh, I mean, like you say, they cut to Imran and Toya. So sometimes when they've had the, the epic speeches, and I'm thinking of obviously Gail's one and then Ken's one during the Sinead storyline, it's been one of the side characters rather than the person who's directly involved in it who's delivered. It's been a, we are looking on to this tragedy that is befalling I know, but that, that worked, character over there. That worked because it felt like they were a stand-in for the viewer. Yeah. 
and and I and that's why I thought again that Toya was going to get it because she's she's in the flat with Imran hearing uh, talking all about when she gave uh, delivered Ollie and then Susie a, a year later and she says the the line of always the midwife never the mother and Imran's like you will be one day and I thought that was a nice little little bondy moment there and it's still like the the glimmer of hope for the fostering story um and then yeah she and then Toya is talking over a scene with Nick and Leanne in, but again, just for a line or so, and 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 that's where it kind of end, ends. Really, Leanne going off to to Ollie's room and having one more cry for good measure on his bed. Yeah, that and, was um, horrible. Yeah, just oh, curled up on the bed. And I, th- I don't think heart. we'd I seen think... that set before either. No, especially that felt done new. For, uh, and we certainly scene, hadn't seen Leanne's unrestrained sobbing. Oh, I, I would think. say we had. Not like that. I think that was the the bit where she she sat at the the bed and she, the tears were pouring down her face, but she wasn't sobbing. And then we had just the sobbing on and on the bed. Just it was a case of like every time you think that she's reached the the, the limit peak. Yeah, she goes. She's like, I can, I can. I can dig that well deeper. I know. I don't know how she does it. I really, really don't. They constantly She's, surprise surprise me with. It was it was exhausting. It was mentally yeah. exhausting watching her. So let alone it. being her and having to. Yeah. I mean, this story has been being filmed. Really, I mean, it started a bit before lockdown, but since they've come back, it's been pretty full on. So yeah. that's like since June. This, I guess, they must have filmed, what, um, September time, maybe? So, so, so a good three months or so, full on, for Jane Danson, <sighs> having to... Just to think about it. Yeah. And, and like I said, it was, it was very exhausting to watch, but in a good way. I was... I, I was it was an edge-of-your-seat kind of... Yeah. ...non-stop roller coaster. And, um, so, at the end, I, also, Nick is saying about how they've got um, various dishes that have been prepared by oh, yeah, all the, neighbours. All the friends and neighbours have, have prepared around, their dishes. And there was something, it? I forgot it. I can't remember. Obviously. There was a cottage pie. Oh, yeah. And he says, oh, and um, Toya's made a meat-free lasagna. And then he says, which one shall I... Which one shall I heat up? Which one shall I heat up first? But I thought he was going to say, which one shall I throw in the bin first? Obviously, <laughs> the meat-free lasagna. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thought was the right... Heart was in the right place, Toya, but... Don't make people food without checking if they want it. Let them have a takeaway. That's what I say. They probably just want the takeaway. You do. After all that, if you're going to have anything, you don't want to be... You don't want to eat a bloody vegetable lasagna. No. That seems too healthy. (laughs) I don't think Leanne's going to be having any tea tonight. A greasy chicken and a bottle of scotch or something. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was... So... How how was the week for you in general? I mean, I felt like really I've said sad. a lot. I really like. I've got tears in my eyes now listening to this and thinking about it. It was horrible. I don't think it got me in quite the same way as some of the other big emotional deaths. It didn't hit the same notes quite as Aiden and Sinead. But I think that that was partly it's it's because different. of the character that yeah. was involved that was dying. Yeah, it's because this wasn't a story about you feeling. The best will in the world. Sorry, Ollie, but it wasn't a story about you feeling sad that Ollie's died. It's a story about you feeling for what parents have to go through, and so it was a different kind of feeling. So when Sinead died, I couldn't watch it because the the sort of hollow, empty hopelessness of knowing that you're about to die, 
that is a horror I can't mm. even entertain the thought of watching somebody go through that I'm not I can't but the grief of losing someone is unfortunately something that we can relate to because we've all gone through it in different you know to, to different extents whether it's something very you know like oh it's my you know, I my ha- my dog died mm. no any I know it sounds silly but grief is grief isn't it yeah yeah no I and so I we can it all it's it was a study of grief rather than a study of what someone goes through and I guess in that respect it was a unique storyline that I gave it credit for initially yeah I I was just impressed by the fact that even though she was there was so so much crying it never felt like oh here we go again here come the waterworks in the same way that say Rana was Jane Danson did a fantastic job and the writers did as well in making it feel like it was a constantly evolving and fresh story where her grief was always it always felt like there was a fresh proportional to the it's really hard to describe Mm. but um I'm I'm glad that I'm it glad that just, this week was the week that she made her decision, though. I know some people that felt as though it's already dragged on too long, and they were not. They were kind of thought it should have been over ages ago. But to me, it really feels as though this story has been sustainable, and everything that I've watched, I felt was appropriate. It, nothing really felt dragged out to me. Even nothing though felt over sensationalized just for the sake of it didn't over sensationalism like either. Like, I know you complained a few times and you said it feels like nothing's happened this week. Oh, yeah, a couple to of me, times. To me, I didn't but... feel like that ever. I always felt like this is moving forward in this in, in this sort, sort of small incremental ways. But every single time we finished the week, we were in a new position. And not every storyline can say that. No. I think and... of all the stories that they've done, I, what I think happened was when they when they we had corona and everything had to stop and they had to reevaluate their plans i really honestly think that they sat down and they've said which ones which stories are we going to preserve and which ones are we going to sacrifice and i think that they threw a lot of their time and effort into making sure they got this completely right and i think of all the storylines that they had they've had this year even though i really really like the jeff and yasmine one if they were going to make sure that they got anything right it had to be this one because of how many people it's touched and how poignant it is. Not to say that um, coercive control and domestic abuse is an important touching storyline. And I'm still not saying that they have made any mistakes with that. It's just had to go on the back burner. It has. It's almost that, like they said we can't do two massive storylines at the same time. No, and I, and I think it was right that the, the Leanne storyline climaxed this week. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have some rather. tragic funeral coming up soon, I assume. I but it feels right that from next week onwards, when we've got the trial, that the Jeff and Yasmin story, which, let's face it, has been the story of the year all year long, starts to take, yeah. you know, of all the stories a bit more. to have suffered... Um, I think Jeff and Yasmin's storyline has suffered the most. Yeah, and, and and I said to you the other day, when I think back to all the big stories this year, we're kind of supposed to think that Jeff and Yasmin is the story of 2020, but I'm 
I'm surprising myself by thinking, no, maybe I preferred this story. Well, the thing is about the, it... The, the highlights gonna... of the Jeff and Yasmin story kind of were towards the beginning of the year, up until kind of Easter time with, this, with the bottle in and everything. And that feels like it's a long time ago now. And this is more fresh in my head. And it's going to take some real careful thought when I decide, when I vote in the Conversations Street Awards, which ones I'm going to... Which story I'm going to pick. Because they were both brilliant in lots of different ways. But this one... To me, it doesn't feel like it it petered out in the same way as the Yasmin one did, and, and maybe it'll get back on track next week. I assume it will. I've got pretty, I've got faith that it's going to be fantastic next week and the week after, leading up to the climax. But yeah, I I wasn't expecting to be as invested in this story as as I was. So what I was saying about making you know preserving. If, <sighs> I don't want people to think that I don't think coercive control is, a, is an important story and that people don't suffer from it, because they do. And we've spoken before about it on the show. So don't feel the need to keep going on about my feelings about that. But everything that was important and true and that would resonate with people has already been said in that story. That's what I think. Mm. We, we were confronted with things that many people didn't realise happen. And... We educated ourselves on what is coercive control and can you be abusive if you don't touch the other person and you know you can and and all the things that he did like the financial control as well we'd already seen that happen so from a point of view of finishing up one story or the other if they could only focus on one this the ollie storyline still had so much to go i mean most of it's happened since the lockdown yeah yeah definitely definitely so i i just think that it, I think the point I'm trying to make in a really clumsy way is that it doesn't feel like coronavirus affected them telling this story. It makes me wonder, I mean, it must have... Was must the storyline always going to finish at this point? Yeah, it must have it had have? some impact, but they've seamlessly managed to ensure that it doesn't feel like it has been affected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I oh, totally got agree. there in the end. <laughs> um, so what I, I, I'm kind of curious to find out what Leanne does next now it's all over she's going to be she even though this is the end and you think thank goodness Jane can have a rest now she's still got she's still got the funeral whenever that happens she's got to do the funeral and then she'll like go I'm going to France with my mum or no I'm going to go and see Eva I'm going to go and see Eva and ask why she hasn't come to visit me through my uh, through my harrowing ordeal that I've been doing it I'm going to go see Stella in New York Mm. But when she, I mean, is is she going to have Nick with her? Do you think that she's going to take him back? I don't know. Because the end of the episode, we were definitely left with, and, and Nick says it during the week at some point. Like, I don't think that I've got a place in Leanne's future. Oh. I think that I think that she will. I don't know because the reason that she split up with him was because he 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 appeared to not think that the hospital. Um, was wrong. Was wrong, and and, and he, <laughs> he thought that Oli, he thought this. that Ollie, Ollie's situation was hopelessness. Yeah. So she said, "You've given up on Ollie. I don't need you." Yeah. And I think now she's realised. <laughs> you think that's how how emotions work, do you? I don't know how emotions work. I'm it's just a not man. based on logic. And and now All that she she's think, also well, come round to that decision, I she's know gonna... that he betrayed her in her mind. When she needed him, whether or not she came to the conclusion in the end, she still betrayed her when she needed him. She's going. To I don't need... know. I think it's. I think it's irreparable. But I still think Nick was right. Yeah, she's going to need somebody to support her, 
Because she's going to totally break down. Yeah, she and, will. And Nick will try. And, and I hope that she lets him because I, I think that they they make a great couple. I like them I th- much more together since this story. Yeah, Nick has been fantastic. And like, like I said before, a real unhung, unsung hero of this. <laughs> I, I, I think he's been he's Steve been was good as well fab. this week. Simon Gregson. Yeah, yeah, both of them. So, so good. Yeah. Um. What else we got? I mean, I think some, looking at some of our other notes here, we've kind of covered a lot of this, haven't we? <laughs> Apart from Ryan's toilet habits Wasn't getting there? a mention yeah, on Monday's episode. <laughs> the toy are moaning about it. Missing the, uh, missing the bowl or something. I wonder something. Ali's always grumpy. <laughs> um, anything, anything to add or should, no. we, should we move on? Have to move on. Very, very, very good. Poignant. Emotional. I'm sure there were lots of tears shed all around the country whilst watching that tonight. Really difficult um, to watch, but so good, so talented, so so talented. Those all those actors and the and the writers just did a great job, and the direction all perfect, really good. Yeah. Lighting even that today with the the green was it lighting? I can't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm really tired, yeah. Michael. <laughs> I've been through a lot this week, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I think Leanne had issues. Yeah, I had to watch it. It was hard. (laughs) Right, let's do the next story then, So this is um, the uh, Jenny and Johnny storyline. Yes. I'm not calling it that. not calling it the Robert Johnny storyline. It's too rude. Stupid storyline. On Monday... Sorry, stupid storyline name... I didn't get. I, did, I haven't like put anything in about Daisy coming in for a story. Although we've got we've got Daisy and Mister Upsy Daisy, so I'm sure there's some kind of storyline title somewhere in there. All right. So on Monday, Carla is is she can tell Johnny's upset, so she says talk to Jenny about it, whatever it is, before it's too late. So he does, and she's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> she's still in denial, and I said that a couple of weeks ago when she mentioned to Johnny, look. Don't want to talk about it. Just bury it. Pretend it didn't happen. I said it, I think, after the podcast. I I think that she's playing a dangerous game there of making him suppress his emotions. Well, this is the whole theme of this week is Jenny... Bury your feelings deep down inside. They can't bother you in there. And Johnny's like, no, I need to talk. I need to talk. Uh, it's a shame he, well, he isn't dating Toya. Because <laughs> she has a thing for landlords as well. So... Um, Johnny says, I saw seeing Peter falling off the wagon reminded me of the thing that's just happened, which is me finding out about the security guard dying of, no, security guard Grant, who I feel like I played a a part in his downfall and death. I I ran him over. Well, didn't you say that he, she didn't, he didn't tell her that? She didn't know. You told me that she didn't know. And I was confused. I can't. I she I, did. Oh, I don't remember. You she, told Jenny me. Jenny didn't know everything this week. I thought that she knew that week. he had died. I don't remember. Don't oh, well, matter. it's a really good job that nobody's listening to this then. <sighs> she says, don't obsess about it. It won't help anybody. So Carla finds Jenny upset and uh, she bursts into tears, tells Carla all about the robbery and the security guard and says Johnny's torturing himself over it. Johnny comes back, sees something's happened. He's miffed. Because he wanted to, so she told she's told Carla. What she's told Carla Jenny's told Carla about the security guard. No, John. Jenny's told Carla Carla all about about the robbery robbery later, and then tells her about the security guard and says Johnny's torturing himself. Johnny comes back. I think Jenny knew about the security guard being hit by the car. He wanted to tell her himself. Who's her then? Carla or Jenny? 
Carla, I think. That's what I just said, and you used to look No, confused. I think that Jenny knew about the security guard being hit, but not about after he was hit. Well, he who died knows? and took, hit the bottle and died and all that. They all know by the end of the week anyway, it doesn't matter. This is very confusing. Sorry. Well, I don't I deliberately don't watch this show so that I can listen to the podcast fresh. <laughs> um, Carla's trying to make Johnny see that going to prison isn't going to change anything. And and he's talking about... He does say to Carla about the security guard dying because he's like, I caused his death because he drank himself to death. Yeah. And then Carla's like, by that logic, I've killed Peter because I cheated on him. And she says I cheated on him with Adam. Does she? Or does she just say with somebody? And which is as good as killing yeah, him because he's, gonna, he's fallen off the wagon and, you know... He could die at any moment. So thanks, Carla, for making it all about yourself. Because <laughs> by the end of it, Johnny's sitting there and he's, he's like trying to unburden himself to Carla. And Carla's like, oh, Dad, I think I've killed my boyfriend. And and Johnny's like, um, uh, I wasn't prepared for this, <laughs> this way, this conversation to go this way. I was trying to make it about me. But fine, Carla. <laughs> so on, on Wednesday, he's still stressing out. Funnily enough, that conversation with Carla didn't make him feel better, which is weird because I would have been very comforted by finding <laughs> out um, that she completely agreed with me and that thinks thinks they're all murderers because they're mean to people. Mm-hmm. Um, he he um he has a bit of an upsy daisy yeah, on the does. sofa, doesn't he? Jenny takes a message from Margaret on the phone and she wants to come round and she puts this her is, off. This is Security Grant's mum. Yeah, the person that we saw a few. What was it? John, Johnny saw in the street. The one who, yeah, who's healthy, like, skulking phone call, around. So I a came month here. Ago. Um, she tries to make Johnny have a relaxing day, but he can't because he says this isn't going away. Margaret comes to the pub. She says she needs to speak to Johnny and said the police may have a lead on Scott's accomplice. So she says, um, she says to Jenny, she tells her the story about her son being hit and left to die. And she says, in my book, that's just the same as murder. And Johnny says, me too. And he cracks and tells Margaret what happened. And she's completely appalled by this. And she says, oh, you too, you, you're horrible. Um, Scott gave him a good kicking as well. And Johnny's like, what are you talking about? I didn't know about that. And Jenny's tearing up because she's hearing things as well about this that she didn't know. I don't know what though. I can't remember. After the break... Margaret's still going on, off on one about this. Funnily enough, she's not very sympathetic when the man who's responsible for the death of her son is sitting there crying and saying he feels really bad about it. <laughs> Jenny's trying to stick by Johnny, saying, oh, he didn't know, he didn't know that... Um, he didn't know about all this stuff. It's not his fault, he's not a bad person. Yeah, she she says that she didn't know... he. It's, it's interesting, because she was kind of, on the one hand, appalled at what he did, and on the other hand... Saying, well, she's trying to defend tra- trying him to from... defend him, but then she says, "Look, I'm not trying to defend his actions, but he didn't realise all these years that his actions had resulted in Grant's death." Although it does seem that this whole thing about Scott giving Grant a good kick in when he was down on the floor is possibly going to lead towards maybe Johnny getting away with it, because it turns out that the you know the main injuries and whatever were caused by the kicking rather than the getting hit by the car don't you think it adds a still... new dimension to what happened doesn't it yeah and it was, seemed odd to me that it hadn't come out before it was a little bit too convenient for the fact that the story needed johnny to spiral down into this 
a jittery mess that he's found himself in at the beginning of this week that he didn't realise that Scott had you know, made the situation worse by kicking him. And I'm still, th- all the way through this week, I've been thinking, how's Johnny going to get away with this? I, I don't believe that Johnny's going to be, you know, sent down. So there's got to be some kind of get-out clause. And I, and I think that this kicking is going to be it somehow. I know he's still, you, you know, he was still involved in the robbery yeah. and he still drove a getaway car. But Yes, but you, you, know, you can't go to prison for what happens to people after you, d- you committed a crime against them. That sort of stuff comes out in the sentencing, doesn't it? I don't know. Well, like, the crime is the crime, isn't it? Mm. And then the consequences of that crime, usually the judge will use those when he does this or she does the summation and says, like, you did this, but I have, you know, seen that you since then have done X, Y and Z or you've done this and you don't care and the person you did it to drank himself to death, which wouldn't have happened, so not going to be lenient on you mm. you know i think that, that all that comes into consideration yeah um but it, the law is still the law doesn't you know mm. anyway um margaret leaves and jenny chases her and says look johnny's punished himself enough already um she and she that <laughs> it's really it's really interesting because there's definitely this part of this conversation earlier when it was Margaret, Jenny and Johnny all in the same room together. And Margaret's like, oh, you don't know what it's like to lose a child or something. And I'm like, oh, you're talking to the wrong people. <laughs> so Jenny brings up losing Tom and she says, yeah, well, was it an accident? If someone was to blame, would you ever forgive them? Like she says, I applaud you for standing by your husband. But as a mother, shame on you. <laughs> that was really harsh. And then she leaves. And so Jenny tearfully tells Carla what's happened and she's worried that Margaret's gone straight to the police. Carla and Johnny chat about it later and he's like, well, it's over for me. This is where it, that we now know that um, he reveals his plan to Carla, which is what plays out over the course of Friday's episode. Which I hate. It's such a soap cliche. It's really annoying. I hate stories like this. What? Well, we'll get to it. So on Friday, Jenny is in denial about everything to the point, like, she's manically in denial. Like, she's like, la, 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 la. Let's do things to distract ourselves. I I think that she was probably written a little bit OTT with this. It it was uh, manically in denial, I think is is the right word. She doesn't want to doesn't want to hear it, she doesn't want to... Doesn't want to entertain any thoughts that are negative. Johnny's like, they're both being dramatic, though, because Jenny's like... Nothing's happened. And Johnny's like, I'm going to die in prison. Mm. Um, Daisy's phoned up. You know, remember Daisy? I know Daisy, yeah. Her estranged estranged stepdaughter, who is now her ex-stepdaughter, I guess, who they're really close, but they haven't seen or spoken to each other in three years, apparently. She's coming over for lunch because they're going to Edinburgh because Lee's family lives there. And Johnny's like, no, I don't... Johnny's like, no, we're not having a lunch party. And I've literally never heard anybody describe having having your your family around for lunch as a lunch party. He's, like, coined this new phrase. Maybe it's a northern thing. We're not having a lunch party. And she's like, yes, we are, and we're going to wear hats. Um, I thought it was a launch party. Maybe he's confusing. Maybe he's like, I've heard of these launch parties, and we don't have any bags with swag to give away and free games. <laughs> So um, he's, she's not listening to him. She's like, tidy up the house. We've got to get ready. I'm going to go buy a lazy trout and debone it. Johnny goes to see Adam and he's like, Adam, I must see you immediately. I have to do mysterious things. So we're going to wait for the cameras to go and then I'll tell you what it is. 
He comes back later and he says to Jenny, I want a divorce. And she's like, no, you don't. Get on with the tidying. La, la, la. Um, Daisy arrives and there is Lee as well, who used to be in Game of Thrones for one episode, I heard. Um, Jenny's, you didn't hear it. You found I, it out I, I read it with my eyeballs, which translated it to my, the sound of my voice in my head. And I listened to that and went, interesting. And I went, yes, I know. I'll tell everyone that later. What was he, a soldier or something? He was a Lannister soldier during the Bells. Um, yeah, so Jenny's hyper going, hello, welcome, here's the trout, let's go on a tour. And Daisy's like, I don't like trout, but I do like pubs. So um, she tells Johnny to buck his ideas up and he finds him later drinking whiskey in the back room and they start arguing and Daisy comes and creeps along and, and Lee's like going, stop spying on them. And she's like, oh, we're in a soap now, I'm supposed to spy at doors. And she's listening and she hears them. And basically, Johnny is needling He's, Jenny and saying exactly all the things what to say yep, her, to trigger her. All the things that she won't want to hear, like I miss Liz and things like that. And um, you're, saying, you're a bossy about, cow, blah yeah, blah blah. Gold digger, he brings up later yeah. as well, doesn't he? All these things that have been held against her throughout the years, he brings up. And then I think Jenny says to him, "Well, if you want a divorce, fine, but you have to do one thing." I oh, know that's later no. when that happens. Oh, okay. That's a little first bit later. of all, first of all, Johnny's like being horrible um, to Daisy, saying that Jenny was a colleague. No, he's being horrible to Jenny, going, "Oh yeah, we met when I, when she was my cleaner." Uh, also, did did she tell you that my my son killed himself? Yeah, and and Jenny never even really liked him anyway. Jenny's trying. Jenny and Daisy, I guess, are trying to steer the conversation to uh, the normal. I don't think Daisy. I think Daisy's like. I think Tell Daisy me more. is Daisy is loving it, stoking the fires a little bit. De- Jenny start. Jenny talks about the fact he had an affair with Liz and that she ran her over, and and Jenny's like, well, uh, maybe I did run her over, but I was drunk and sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a good excuse. Um, Lee's like, should we leave? And Daisy's like, no way. We're not going anywhere. This is too juicy. Then they go in the back, and this is when Johnny says, look at your, look at our bank account. I've transferred all the money into my own account, and I'm going to give it all to Carla and Kate. Ha, ha, ha. Let's get divorced, You're, you gold digger. And she says, fine, we will get divorced, but only on one condition, that we finish my lunch party. <laughs> so they go back to the bar. They carry on bickering and Daisy's like everyone at home going, wow, this is great. Then the police come in. They've been teased all episode. The police arrive. They arrive. And they're wearing their masks and they say, come with us. Um, And Jenny's acting like she doesn't care. She's like, good, yeah, bye then, bye, see you later, don't care. She's so fired up with adrenaline after everything that's happened today. She's like, don't forget the handcuffs. Oh, man. Then the first time Jenny said that, I'm sure. Grace. Then Carla finds Jenny in the back crying or looking sad. And she not says... Not crying because Jenny says, I'm not going to waste any tears on it. Okay. And then this is the thing I hated. This is so stupid. This is such a stupid soap trope. And it's so, nobody does this in real life, but they do it all the times in soap. Carla said, but Jenny, didn't you realise that Johnny's plan was to make you hate him so that you wouldn't get sad about the fact that he had to go to prison. He's actually arranged for you to have the pub and when the divorce comes through, all the money, you'll get all of the money. Yeah, so that's what he was supposedly doing with Adam this afternoon, not only instigating uh, the divorce, but also making it so that Jenny would become the sole sole landlord, which I actually quite like the sound of, to be fair. And so so Carla's like... 
there you go, J- J- John Jenny. He does love you. He loves you so much. He pretended to hate you and said horrible things to you so that you would agree to get divorced from him. And Jenny's like, what? Uh, no, I'm not buying this rubbish. <laughs> I, I can't get on board with this. Yeah, her, her last line is, I can't do this anymore. She's completely I think right. That, what kind of cockamamie stupid plan is this? Yeah, it was a really stupid plan. And the thing but was But they do this well, in soaps all the time to make things dramatic. So you're like, but why? Why would Johnny do this? He's so mean. The fact that like, Johnny <sighs> was saying that, all those things... You could tell I mean, me there must be it. an element of truth in there somewhere, which is a shame because I think that they've been a brilliant couple... And um, <laughs> I think it's it's sad that he would stoop so low <laughs> as to, you know, kick her where he knows it really yeah, hurts. Yeah, it's stupid. It so makes I'm not no surprised sense. at the end she was saying, I can't do this anymore. No, but it, equally, it wouldn't surprise me if next week she's kind of gone back on that when she's had time it to think about it. It always always They always get found out and then the other person's like, I forgive you, you're mm. doing it for the right reasons. Well, I, I, I didn't like... I think it was a bit too obvious that that's what he was doing. Well, he was, like, saying lines, like, you, you're a gold-digging cow. And then he was, like, shifty, shifty, looking everywhere. It, it was. There, there was no kind of subtlety about it. You knew he you was tell- saying I know, it but he be- had to for do- reasons yeah, that he was trying to, to drive yeah, away Yeah, but he, sometimes you have to signal these things a bit more obviously when you're acting in the soap so that people can follow along at home. <laughs> what it- would you say to me to make me divorce you? I'm not going to say, I would not I'd even say dare you're, say. You're a big nerd. I'm not even going to say. I know what you'd say. You'd say a fat, lazy cow. <laughs> um, I'd have to say, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> do, you, wait, do you think that this is going to get as far as a divorce? I'm kind of imagining we might have a Christmas Day feel-good reunion because I'm still, like oh, you said I earlier... I you say Christmas Day EastEnders divorce. No, like, like you said earlier, I've got a feeling... And, I'm, and I hope that this year's Christmas is going to be nice and family and lovely. And it'd be say. nice to have to have these two reunite. But I don't know how Johnny's going to get away with this unless, as I said, somehow this kicking exonerates him somehow from <sighs> being the getaway driver. anything. But I want to say that the relationship fake-out goes two ways, doesn't it, in soaps? It goes this way, which is the stupid, I push you away to save you from how horrible I am. Mm. But it also goes the other way of, like, I'm going to pretend I love you so that I can screw you over later. And that is by far the more realistic and satisfying version. Because you had it, like, I just, like, Dan, was it Dan and Angie in EastEnders? Yeah. But we also had it in... Um, in Coronation Street a few times, like, when Liz pretended to Tony that she was fancied him so she could get her hands on the pub. Oh, yeah, I've forgotten and about that. And there's another one I just thought of and I've forgotten what it is now. But that's way more classic and fun, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Oh, oh, Tracy pretending that she liked uh, Charlie so she could whack him on the head with a statue. That's oh, probably yeah. the peak <laughs> of that trope. <laughs> yeah, so you reckon there'll be a fuzzy Christmas Day reunion? I, I think there, I think that... There, there could well be. And although I'd half like to see it, the other half of me is thinking, I don't think Johnny deserves it because he <laughs> was really, really low. The I things totally that he get, was saying today. Yeah, I totally understand guilt and how it how it eats at you. Because I remember, I've said this before on the podcast, but I, I, <coughs> I remember reading an article years ago about a woman who was driving her car and she hit a pedestrian who was crossing the road and she was going faster than she should have been. And at the scene, the police said, how fast were you going? And she said, I was going 35. And they said, don't say that. Say you were going 30. Because literally, the, the pedestrian crossing was on the crest of a hill. And she, there was no way she could have seen him, even if she was going 30 anyway. Mm. And so they said, there's no point in you ruining your life 
when this person's already died, there's nothing anybody could have done about it. Save yourself. Just say you're going 30. So she went along with it, but she, like, for years and years, it destroyed her life because it was eating at her that she... she the guilt of it and eventually she confessed and was punished but that catharsis of being punished like officially was what she actually needed to release her from the guilt that she felt and i think johnny needs that catharsis margaret could have provided it to him if she if she had said something but obviously it's not down to her to to forgive him and all of this is new to her as well she didn't know that he was involved and you'd be even more annoyed if well not annoyed but upset if you if the guy it turned out to be was this man who came around, was chatted to you about your son, mm-hmm. and he was the guy that killed him, kind of, yeah. and he was sitting there listening to you talking about him and never said a word. Mm. I was, Imagine how betrayed you'd feel. I was quite surprised when he just blurted out on Wednesday that he was the one that did it. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. But, I was, but um, Margaret's reaction was quite real, I think. And I, I was just fascinated watching Jenny this week and thinking, so what's she feeling now is... Is she disgusted? Is she just scared for him? I, I, I couldn't decide this week whether she was being a good wife or not. And at sometimes I think she was. And she was... When she was saying, that, don't think about it, we need to talk about other things, her, I think her heart was in the right place because she knew that it was... It, it, she this, thought this she was going to flare away. up another MS attack and it could yeah. be like the worst one ever. But equally, I think it was... It's it's not it's not healthy to just say don't think about it. Well, forget about I it. I don't want to call and you it. You could tell how she, it was driving her a bit insane. Yeah. How trying to hide it because that was that was being that was being demonstrated in her manicness. That was like I'm trying to pretend everything's normal so yeah. much, and it's driving me. Yeah, you know, psycho. driving me potty. I'm not going to call it selfishness, but it's definitely an element of self preservation in her insistence that. They stop talking about it and move on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, suddenly her life's completely in disarray as well and she had no idea this was coming. And she just wants everything to be back how it was before. Yeah, there there were definitely some scenes on... Like, the, the scene in the smoking shelter I thought was excellent when you could see that that, that all the adrenaline is just gone and, and she was left just oh. exhausted by it all. And then again, at the very end of today's episode, the scene with Carla and... And Jenny in the back of the pub, and she's there, you know, not crying, but she's she's come down from the high that she built for herself during the episode, and and it was at moments yeah like that when I think no, there is still a relationship to save here. Yeah, the, the, there isn't <laughs> the the stupid fake nobility of like pushing someone away to save them just bugs me so much. It's so ridiculous, like. I, I tricked you into thinking I've betrayed you, but it's only for the greater good. It's like, no, it isn't. And, and tricking somebody into thinking that you've betrayed them is the same as betraying them. <laughs> Don't steal my money and say it's for my own good, thank you very much. The sales are coming up. Mm. It's Black Friday. You've taken all the money out of my account. This is ridiculous. It's 40% off some places. Do you think that some of what Johnny was saying to Jenny was kind of hitting hard because she kind of believes it as well? And when she he was bringing out the old Goldigger lines, not only did yeah. it, not only did it make her flashback to when people were calling her a yeah. gold digger back in the factory, but I think she's probably thinking, yeah, maybe I am a little bit, I'm trying not to be, but I, I am, am a little bit materialistic. No, this isn't fair. All of, the, of all the characters on the street, why is she the only one that gets accused of being a gold digger when there are plenty of other people who have managed to wangle themselves into being in charge of things or getting large amounts of money 
because of who they're going out with. Michelle is the biggest gold digger of anybody on the street because she bloody well ended up with the pub because yeah. of Steve. Mm. Well, Jenny might well end up with the pub at the end of this as well. And also, I when you, you disenfranchise an entire gender of people for centuries and then complain when the only way that they can broaden their horizons or... or um achieve certain goals is by marrying men don't complain about it and give them the label gold digger i know things are way more equal than they used to be but it's really annoying to me that women get accused of it when it literally for centuries it was the only way that you could ever improve your station Mm. it's not like i mean like it wasn't even that long ago that we couldn't vote and then get accused of being a gold digger oh it really annoys me i I think as well the um i think what he was saying about her not getting on with Aiden was a real low blow as oh, well. Because I know. She's, she has shown that she's felt guilty about that. You don't have to not... like someone. You don't have to like everybody. Yeah. He's basically, yeah. Not everybody gets on with each other. And for all that, you know, we feel sorry for Aiden and sympathise with him. He wasn't the ideal person and nobody is. S- saying, to, saying that Jenny didn't get and on with Aiden is also saying... In in some way, Jenny, you were responsible for Aiden's yes, death exactly. because he took his own he was life so sad because that he, didn't he was like him. yeah because I he mean, felt that the world was against him, including you. It's unfortunate that Jenny identified many of the things about Aiden that made him sad about himself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It makes me wonder whether Jenny is going to reevaluate her behaviour in any way because of what this. has she, she done wrong? I hate this, I hate toxic positivity and people saying everybody has to be nice to each other and all has to, everyone has to get along. It's so oppressive and it only ever gets used as a weapon against women. Nobody ever moans at men for not being nice to each other. It's always women's responsibility to be nice to everybody else. Mm. It, I'm sick of it. You don't have to be nice to people. You don't have to hashtag be kind to everybody. Just don't be a dickhead. That's the That should be the gold standard. Don't be a dickhead to people. Just get, just be neutral. That should be the bare minimum. You don't have to go out of your way to be horrible to people and you don't have to go out of your way to be nice. I'd rather people ignored me than were fake nice to me because of some stupid hashtag or some ridiculous um, opinion piece that somebody's written in the paper. Just leave it alone. And if you're going to tell people to be kind, say it to men first. I'm sorry I'm being really sexist at the moment, but... It just, it just really feels as though there is a there is a burden of of expectation on women all the time to what? be nice to everybody, and I'm sick of it. What did you think about um, the, the the scenes in the pub with Daisy and Lee and Johnny and Jenny, and they were almost like trying to outdo each other by with, with their <laughs> it was digs. a bit farcical, wasn't it? I did, I did enjoy it. I thought it was. There were some bits that I enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed Daisy's reaction. We'll get to what we thought about oh, yeah. Daisy in a Good minute. Talk about Daisy. Um, but yeah, it, it got a bit a little bit farcical, like you said, um, and and, and I, I still it was think farcical that in a, in a in a positive like as in as in a farce is a specific genre. I, I still rather that maybe Jenny hadn't taken the bait and had kept a level head about it. And she has a line earlier of the week where like, she's saying Rita is saying that Jenny is no Bet Lynch, and I think in this situation, Bet wouldn't have wanted to make herself look crazy in front no, of these No, she would have joined in. No, you're... I don't, don't, I, I, don't th- I think that she would have that just would have, grinned said, and said, that would have I'm given not having any of this. But no, she would have She would have given... She would have taken it to the back and she would have had a go at Alex. Then. I don't I, Alex, know. I don't think that she would have done it in front of 
anybody else. She she had her front that she had no, to keep I, up. No, I totally sympathise with Jenny in this situation. What is she supposed to do? Just just not take the bait of your what of your husband taking all the money out of your joint account, calling you a gold digger, saying he really liked having an affair in front of your stepdaughter. No way. Mm. No way. If you did that to me, I'd phone the police myself. Never mind waiting for him to come around and arrest you. How how often has she tried? She's been. He's done nothing, Johnny. This whole time, he's been wallowing in his own sadness. He hasn't done anything to try to improve his position or or uh, repair their relationship. It's all been on her shoulders. And then at the very end, when she's given up and can't be bothered anymore, you're saying it's her fault because she's not nice enough. No, I'm not saying that. What are you saying then? No, she just... shouldn't have taken the bait. Should have taken the bait is what you said. I, I first that... of all, it was funny, so there you go. <laughs> and secondly, this is not the first time he's been a dick to her, and it's about time that she stood up for herself and said, "Fine, if that's how you feel." You know, she's been papering over all the cracks this whole time. Oh, it just makes me sad to see a couple that I like fighting. I know. Well, did you go that J- Daisy? Then I thought <laughs> she bit... reminds me a little bit. She's got the same look. She hasn't got the same mannerisms, but Alexis out of um, Schitt's Creek, and I know you haven't seen that, oh, but that, that's what's bugging me. That's who she reminds me of. She's got really big eyes and really nice big lips and nice brown curly she's hair. She's a bit like of a Alexis. firecracker this day, isn't she? You can she? tell she's going to be a right stirrer, isn't she? Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's not necessarily... Or she's like a Todd. She is. She is. She could be a female Todd. Yeah. I, I, it's not always for the for the better. Sometimes... I don't, I don't mind somebody coming in and causing a bit of chaos, but... Um, she's got to be more than that. Yeah. But she she looks like she's one to watch. She, she, <laughs> she, seems, she seems like a gold digger, if anybody's going to be accused of it. That story that they said about how she met up with Lee, like, oh, I saw him and he was rich and I knew I had to serve him. So even though I wasn't supposed to, I went and waited on him and then I poured wine all over him. And he's like, yeah, you still owe me for all the dry cleaning. She's like, ha ha ha. Do you get, do you get the idea that she might try and get some money off of Jenny, especially if Johnny's yeah. could you know, end up leaving her some and Jenny gets in front in charge of the pub? I because it, it feels to me, I mean, the, 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 Jenny and Daisy don't have much of a relationship, but... Well, they do, Michael, they do. They were, they've, been, they've not been in touch for years. They ha- they really need to work out the story here because on the one hand they're like, oh yeah, we were we we're great pals. Like the way I the the impression I got before Daisy appeared was that they were like super friendly with each other and they're always on the phone. Except it was only on like Tuesdays, Thursdays, and the weekends, mm-hmm. so we wouldn't have heard anything about it. And then sh- and then she's asking questions during this lunch of a catch-up nature that you might ask where you not to have seen the person for three years because they're talking about when Jenny and Johnny got married. You would have thought that would have come up in conversation at some point. No, I think Jenny said that they had lost touch and it was nice to... Okay, but that's nice what I'm saying. Like, we, I want to know what the actual... That wasn't obvious to me because I think that the impression I got before this was that they were closer than... Yeah, no, I agree. I, I've thought before today's episode that they were closer than it appeared that they actually were today i mean i guess we'll find out more about that because it feels like she's that there's a lot more to come from i'm not sure about lee i i, no, I think that lee go. might be a bit of a casualty in this looking at the credits he hasn't even got a surname so 
that, well, that doesn't look good for him. I get the impression that Lee's tired of Daisy's crap already. Well, yeah, he wanted to leave. In, in any other situation, any most people in that situation sorry, <laughs> like, would be like, I, I think we should go at this point. And Daisy's <laughs> like, I'm loving this. No, I'm not going anywhere. This is free drama. You know what's going to happen. Lee's going to say, I'm sorry, Daisy, this isn't working out. I've got to go. I'm going to go see my family. It's probably better if you don't come with me. And then Daisy will say, say oh, dear 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 Jenny my lovely Jenny um, I heard you said this was a and b I'm just going to stay in the B&B it mm. wasn't for nothing that Jenny pointedly said we're a B&B now well also she said to Carla I think you need to leave given the circumstances as well didn't she although that was before it was revealed that Carla's just in on Johnny's secret plan I don't know yeah, so, yeah Jack, I think so Carla that... was staying in the B&B bit and now she's kicked her out yeah but but I don't know whether she actually has because she, she was going to kick her is, out when it turned out, when she thought that Johnny was being you know, honestly cruel to her. Uh, well, the thing is, if Carla's got any dignity, which she does, she would leave. Mm. So I imagine she will. If they got anywhere to go. Oh, it doesn't matter. Like, they just live They'll in the ether, don't they? They'll find somewhere. There's a spare room in Leanne's house. So who, which man? You know, there, is oh, a, there is a spare room in Leanne's house. Oh. Who is Daisy going to get her claws into first? Ryan. I say Adam. Oh, I think that I think that Daisy is going to prey on the little Scottish hunk, and don't she, mention she, he's Scottish. And she may well find out that she that he is the one that Carla had a secret oh. night of passion with. And I and I think yeah, that that's my little prediction. Yeah, you you might be right there. Mm. She's she's going to cause trouble. Oh yeah, she didn't come on the street to live in peace and harmony no. with all mankind. And I like the idea day. that I like the idea that Jenny's family has been extended because it makes Jenny's role more important. But it it does feel very much like here's a new character that we just made up. But hopefully yeah, it won't it be long before we forget that, and it'll feel like she was always part of the the rich well, I mean, tapestry of the Bradley family. But at the very beginning of when Jenny was first in Coronation Street, all those many years ago, the first thing that happened to her was her mum died. Yes. And her dad got run over by a tram. Yeah. And she was an only child. And Rita's her only real family. And so um, she needs to import some more. Yeah. But I'm, I'm all for, I mean, I don't mind as long as um, I, I, Daisy's. I, I don't know when Daisy's coming back. Be. I mean, there's no particular reason for her to, you know, show up the next she's... episode because they're on well, the way to Edinburgh at the moment. You, know, is, you weren't listening to what I said then. What? Lee was going to go, oh, I'm going to Edinburgh by myself. Oh, yeah, What do maybe. you mean? Maybe. There's there's no reason to think that she won't be in Monday's episode going, well, Lee's He's gone. He's left me. Yes. Okay. Don't listen okay. to what I say. I'm tired. I'm really, really tired. If you ever if you ever wonder, you can. it's all being recorded. So, Yasmin stuff. Let's move on to this. So, um, Yasmin gets a couple of visitors in prison on Monday. First, Tim, who apologises for everything. It's taken him long enough <laughs> to go and time, see her. Tim. He has been on Team Yasmin for quite a while now, and it's only this week that Just he's decided to face. get up the courage to go and say sorry to her. But she immediately forgives him because she's I so lovely. Accept. I'd say no. Um, Don't accept your apology, Tim. You're rubbish. And he's he's just feeling super guilty because of everything he's put her through. And she's like, "Don't worry, it's the past. It's unchangeable." Um, and if we think about it then he's still controlling me. So Ooh, honestly, line. Tim, you're on my side. That's all I need to honestly, know. Honestly, Tim, shut up. Get me a coffee. And um, Tim later tells Alia that he has decided that he's going to testify against his dad in court next week, which he then tells Jeff, which was very, very satisfying, because Jeff's, Jeff's um, 
ever since Tim has turned his back on him, Jasper's been trying to weasel his way back into his good books again. And Tim's like, well, you know, I'm going to register as a witness, then you're going to have to stay away from me. So mm. stick that, Dad. Um, Alia then visits Jasper in the prison. Notice how desperate Tim is to get rid of his dad before Christmas. Yeah. Coincidence? <laughs> He's like, I'm going to keep this Jack Daniels now I've bought him. <laughs> um, Alia goes and visits Yasmin in the prison. I, I wouldn't say there was a whole lot that new that came out of that. There was more um, idea of Yasmin being a bit scared of coming out because at least in prison she's safe. She's become you, institutionalised and it didn't take a very long at all. Yeah. She's like, I'm not coming out. It's free yoga in here. Do you know how much it costs out there? It's like £10 a lesson. <laughs> Thanks, Sally. Yeah. Um, Ryan assures Alia later that Jeff is going to give Yasmina and them all a wide berth if he loses this court case and she's she's not so sure um, and then that, what what's happened to Jeff? he finds out has he lost his power of attorney or control over the finances or something on Monday well, he's definitely mad about something because he's been removed from some kind of I don't know whatever it was it gave Alia the chance to give a very smug look at the end of the episode anyway so Wednesday Kevin is worrying I mean this is side story I suppose Kevin's worrying about Abby wanting a date night he doesn't know what to do chippy tea that that didn't really turn in, in, into anything but we do see Debbie pretending to do job applications because remember the story that she's spinning at the moment is that she's been um, she's out of work she's bankrupt um, and the reason that she's hanging around at Kevin's house on tapping away on the laptop so much is she's desperately trying to get a job when really we know that she's tearing the street down with Ray secretly. And I've he, got she an almost, idea for she, a the job gig's for almost Debbie. up at what? I think she should be an image consultant for people doing Zoom meetings. I think she'd be really good at that. Yeah. Just get yourself a pair of dangly earrings and a really nice statement scarf. <laughs> she, she almost... Um, comes a cropper when he asks her to have a look at the applications and she's like no 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 it's fine don't worry about it what does kevin think he can give advice to debbie about a job application for <laughs> is he gonna look at her like skill set and be like you haven't put her about whether you can uh strip an engine Good in under point. 10 minutes so you're knows, never gonna it? get hired at quick fit so like this ray has uh, a scene with debbie later and she's she's telling talking to him about how she's still working on jeff and he just needs a nudge and he's like look time's running out love the anniversary is in two weeks we need to get sort we need to get as many of the houses uh, by the time we get to december the night as possible um i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna try talking to jeff so he goes for the speed dial for a curry and I love this Jeff's scene with the two of there. them. Jeff's, yeah, it's just Ray and Jeff and the, yeah. the two baddies bonding together, <laughs> firstly over mutual dislike of Alia, who is perfect. <laughs> Michael, does that make us baddies? It if must, we were yeah, sitting there, one we, of them. if we were sitting in like, the corner yeah. with a menu, you'd be like, hang on, what? Yes. You hate Alia too. She's annoying, isn't she? <laughs> really irritating. I really hate that woman. <laughs> and I just, I, I loved it when they were talking about being public enemy number one and two and they're like, but, but we're just the good guys, aren't we? We're really <laughs> How nice guys. How could anyone object to us? So Ray's ulterior motive here, of course, is to try and get Jeff to move out. Uh, and he says, oh, well, you've you got this girlfriend, haven't you? And um, Well, no, Jeff's saying he can't go back to his house with his girlfriend. Yeah, so, so Ray says, well, what, what if what if you lived somewhere else? He's like, what, what a sad throughout time. Throughout the course of the next few scenes, Jeff is... He's, he's tricked, basically, isn't he? No. And Jeff thinks he's so clever, but... No, they both know that they want something and that they can both get something out of it. For Jeff, it's £30,000. I've got a vested interest in getting number six, so why don't you tell me what it's going to take? Wouldn't it be nice to go and live abroad? 
Yeah, I've got a really nice place in Catalonia or wherever, and Jeff's like, well, I'd rather live in Cyprus actually. And so, Jeff, Ray, Ray says, haggle. look, if you if you let me buy it on the cheap, I will give you. Eventually, Extra money they, they settle on forty thousand pounds, and and Jeff quite likes the idea of what this. can you buy in Cyprus for forty grand? I don't know. Jeff tells Alia that he wants to sell at the end of the episode. She immediately smells a rat because he's he's done a bit of a an about turn, turn here, um, and yeah, she says, "You've been you doing magic tricks, Jeff." They they get into another argument basically, um, and Debbie is not very happy to hear later on that Jeff's been offered all this money from Ray because she's like this is my money you're, you're throwing around really nilly I'm not going to let you do this I've got no intention of losing this development and I've not got any intention of losing my money either so watch it you and I, I do love how Debbie is not letting Ray walk all over her um, Kevin and Abby spy Jeff and Ray all cozy together on the street later so I think that's going to probably turn into something next week and later on Alia says that she is suspicious of Ray having two big shopping bags when he was in Speed Dial. What's going on? Is he is, is he shopping for? And we start to get the idea that maybe Elaine is being held hostage somewhere, which has been a, a theory for ever since I, Elaine disappeared in the middle of summer. I thought it was so funny when Alia was like, I've done some detective work and that food was far too much for one person. He must be holding somebody hostage. He's just got a healthy appetite. I've had people come and bring food for us and say, are you having a party? Yes. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't been reported to the authorities for like having a having an un, um, mm-hmm. an illegal uh, lockdown party. Yeah, household mixing. House. It's like, no, no, this is just for me. <laughs> you don't need to bring me four sets of cutlery. Now, this story, sadly, wasn't in it a whole lot on Friday. I mean, it was because Leanne's story was taking precedence, and rightly so, but I was very, really excited to find out a bit more about what Alia and Tim would discover in Jeff's house when they went round there. But all we found out was another... Was it a taxi receipt or something with an address in Oldham? So they decide that they are going to... Or that Jeff is holding Elaine captive in Oldham somewhere. But then, so cliche alert... Just as they're sneaking about through the kitchen, Jeff and his strumpet, what was her name, Christine, comes round. And, um, she's not a strumpet. No, she's, she's not. His, his she's other half. She's just a lovely lady who's been she's, misled, she's, yeah. just like Yasmin was. Current victim. Um, and yeah, she, she's standing by Jeff and Jeff orders them out and... Uh, that they kind of because it turns out the address that they find is Christine so there's a bit of a red herring there but it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if Jeff is holding Elaine captive somewhere yeah but if he does it kind of feels a bit like a knockoff feeling and Andy story yeah I know I just as soon as as soon as Alia went oh she's he's been keeping her somewhere I was like "Uh uh-huh yeah we've only just had this the Even difference with that is we thought that Andy was dead and here we're just like, I don't really know where Elaine is. But well, I do think all the, also... All along I've said, well, she's just going to lie low somewhere until she pops up in the trial and it seems to be the stars are aligning so that when the trial goes next week, it's going to you know line up perfectly with Elaine either making an escape or being let out or finding the courage to go to the court and stand up and say these things against Jeff. Perhaps I'm just an uncharitable um, kidnapper but were I to kidnap somebody, I wouldn't be buying takeaways and a bottle of wine for them. No, good point. They'd be having pot noodles. 
that's what that's actually what Pat used to feed Andy, isn't it? Oh yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, any any thoughts liked, on this story? I really liked. One thing social media has made me realise is that everybody does seem to live in their own reality. And sometimes you can have a very, like, you don't even think it's an opinion. You just, like, think something about a situation. You're like, this, well, this is obviously what it, what's going on here. Then you find comments underneath some kind of article about it where people have, are coming out with the weirdest, completely opposite land ideas and opinions on something than you than you were right mm. so we had a little window into this when christine turns up and she's all like oh yeah this is this is jeff's horrible family who all hate him even though he's a gentleman i really like this i, I christine felt so is bad for christine yeah I, I want to find out more about her she's only had two really small scenes so far hasn't she there was the one in the restaurant yeah. i'd almost pretty much forgotten about her to be honest because it was about what a month ago maybe when she was in before but um i don't have great hopes for christine becoming a well-rounded character she doesn't need to be but She's i really just, just think victim. this will end with christine going jeff you 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 scum i'm leaving you yeah like imagine though watch her from her perspective how mind blown she's going to be when she works out what's actually been happening yeah totally and i mean from jeff's perspective <laughs> everything he's told her is kind of true because he doesn't really like I said before, I I think that a lot of what he did to Jasmine, not all of it, but some of it was just like he doesn't even realise that's not how you have a relationship with somebody. No. Like it comes so naturally yeah, to yeah, him. Yes. And so he probably it he in his mind he is the victim. And and so he's telling Christine he's embellishing a lot of stuff, but he obviously really loves himself. <laughs> and he sold this lie to Christine. It really makes you think, doesn't it? Like the amount of time you meet somebody and they tell you a story about their life for you and how many times you should have just gone huh <laughs> i don't know if this is all true um before we move on to the next story because I, I, I think it's all going to be next week when we talk about this mostly um i enjoyed seeing jeff's magic room well, in tonight's episode two sets that we two new sets two new, today yeah. the magic room both of and which Ollie's could have bedroom. been ones off ones off so i don't they think they were we, really well dressed yeah it, it had like what the playing cards all over the wall and stuff wasn't it it seemed like a, a very tiny nook but it felt to me completely unnecessary in tonight's episode because oh, yeah. it was just earlier looking around for stuff so well i mean surely it's been got looking to, in the front room and tim yeah. could have been looking in the kitchen they they have more than one room in the yeah, they've got set. they've got to have put this magic room set there for a reason so um yeah watch this space i think we might be seeing something going on in there at some point (laughs) i mean it's really funny because really i don't think that jeff is going to be in the show next year i think 2020 is going to see the end of jeff yeah so he's been in this show for how like two three years now and this is but he gets finally gets his own room right before typical Poor guy. So Although close. it will be nice when Yasmin can symbolically paint <laughs> paint over the the horrible wallpaper. Yes, oh god! Moment. Tell you what, the company that designed that wallpaper must have been so relieved when Jeff came to buy it. This <laughs> is probably the managers going berating the designer, going, "Why on earth did you think that anybody would buy this stupid playing? Why did I let you make manufacture this crap? What was we? What were we thinking? I mean, I'm mad at you, but I'm more mad at myself, to be frank." <laughs> <laughs> let's do, do do the peter stuff peter and carlo will just plow right on through to the end here right so on monday peter is still hasn't let it go he knows the wallet belongs to whoever this carlo is slept wallet. with and he doesn't know it's, it's adam so he's still trying to track it down 
His friend handily works in security in one of the hotels, but he doesn't know either. Adam and Carla cross paths and are still acting weird around each other, but nobody's worked it out. And it's still awkward between Carla and Peter, but he's determined to make it through. He keeps saying things like, well, we can get through anything as long as we're honest. And, and Carla's saying, ha ha, yes, of course. Adam sees Sarah and tries to get her to go, go back with him, but she won't. And then there's a funny scene when Shona is supposed to be going on the um, school run, but she's wearing an off-shoulder red cocktail dress. And she and Sarah are arguing about the fact that Shona won't change. Is there more about this later? There's not much, really. Basically, Adam and Sarah kind of bond over this little mishap because Adam goes to get the kids himself, doesn't she? Um, And then Adam... what? I, I liked the bit in this when um, Shona did a little heart on the window. Yes, yes. Shona plays Cupid, doesn't she? Yes. And makes Sarah promise to go out with Adam. Yeah, so the beast So they go to dinner together and seem to, it seems to make some progress. On Wednesday, Carla brings Peter some costas and he says, we just need to act normal. We don't need to be overly nice to one another. You don't need to bring me coffee. <laughs> Um, he goes to the factory to find her and she's not there so he gets suspicious because she said that she was really busy and so when she comes home later he's like where were you and she says well I was just having lunch with Maria so you know they're both saying let's move on but obviously they can't neither of them can because she's still holding a secret and he's still acting suspicious and going behind her back trying to find out who it was that she did sleep with yeah yeah not much to say really here is there no it's just plodding along i i don't it, it's not particularly interesting me i no. hope it's not a big focus of the 60th anniversary week but i guess it could well be um and then we all i, like, I hate the fact that shona's fashionista spirit was crushed under sarah's veil of conformity <laughs> it's one of uh bethany's uh, outfits that she was wearing I was think it? she said yeah um, and then finally we had some intriguing developments well hints at developments in the Paul Todd Summer Billy story because <laughs> they all have a, they all agree to have a, a family game night together at Speed Doll which just means an opportunity for Todd to rake up funny memories like for example remember Summer when we used to do funny accent nights together and Paul is left to feel very much sidelined because he I can't share this. this bonded experience. Even though I wouldn't have said that Billy, Todd and Summer had that much time together, to be honest. This was such a fish out of water. I felt like every other time I've ever sat with a middle, like a super middle class family who've been talking about their middle class funny things they do. And I'm sitting there going, I can't relate to anything you're saying. Because I don't, I don't know whether we're supposed to think this about them. But they really... Summer, Todd and Billy are probably the most middle-class family <laughs> that were on the street. And they were talking about them going out to restaurants and going, oh, yes, we're all posh today. Ha, ha, ha. And it's like, <laughs> oh, God, this is Well, cringe. Summer used to be a lot posher than she is now. Yeah. But I just... Yeah, but that feeling as well, I think it was also... There was a subtle like, class thing going on here as well. Mm. And I think Todd is quite aware of the fact that Paul feels like he is very much a working class chavvy guy compared to Billy. Yeah, yeah. That's what came out when Billy um, Paul was getting excited about living in a nice big house and saying I never could have imagined. And this is why it kind of annoyed me that Billy completely disregarded his feelings and had no idea, you know, 
Like, yeah. Paul's allowed to have aspirations and wishes and hopes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Billy was at Wood last week. Um, so Todd's plan, we find out, is that he's got gig tickets. And at first he says, oh, three gig tickets, and it makes it sound like it, he's bought them for him, Billy, and Summer back. Yeah. He's like, no, no, it's, it's for you, Paul. Of you course got, it's not Have a good me. time. I just wanted to apologise, you know, everything. Have a, have a great time. But then he um, phones up a little, uh, a friend of his. A mystery friend. Mystery friend at the end of the episode. And um, says, I've got a, got, a, got a job for you on. And, no, um, he says, I've got a little gig for you. Yeah, so we're, we're Interesting wondering. choice of words. Because it makes me think that perhaps there might be a performance involved. Like a fake mugging on the way to the concert or something. That I was wondering a fake mugging and then Todd's going to appear. Appear and rescue them. Yeah, and then they won't suspect a thing because people are always happen to yeah. be conveniently I mean, in the right place at I'm the right sure time in, the, in Coronation before. Street. Yeah, so they could be that... Um, Oh, you've written arranging a mugging. Yeah, I said that that was a possibility. Or I've seen people suspect that maybe um, this person that Todd's uh, phoned is going to try and seduce Paul or Billy. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm I'm excited to find out what it was, and I'm still loving Todd. Did I give him character of the week last week? You really love Todd now. You know, I'm I'm still looking forward to the scenes that he's in. I'm... He's yeah, warming I'm very, me. I'm very happy Good. with how they are currently portraying it. Really him, which does is... go to show you how your expectations colour out, even with the best will in the world. Like I was, I was like super looking forward to Todd coming back, and I've just been a bit disappointed. Whereas you were like, no, this is going to be crap, and you're like, this is great actually. It's <laughs> quite good, yeah. Um, but I, I still, the jury is still very much out on summer. <laughs> I was hoping that we'd get a full run of summer during the week, so we'd have more of a. You know more episodes to be able to form a, an opinion on but it was only monday that was it and and from what i saw of her on monday i'm still saying the same as i did last week she doesn't seem really like summer at all they're no. just like what what's her personality she's a teenage girl yes that'll do but some of the things that she said i don't i was trying to imagine matilda freeman performing these lines and how she would have done it and i'm like no this this new summer is not the same. She just more she the old summer seemed more intelligent, more more reserved. Yeah, reserved is um, the right word. Sometimes people uh, think you're unique. intelligent just because you don't say anything, but it's more likely the case that when you open your mouth you make yourself look like an idiot rather yeah. than this being new smart summer is quiet. too too in your face, too feisty. She also <laughs> says She says lol. lol. Which apparently is a thing that teenagers say now. Which but I, ca- is stupid I can't picture Summer saying that. This is something like if you think you're if you're a teenager and you think you're cool because you say lol out loud, just know that your parents or your elder brothers and sisters were saying lol ironically as a stupid thing like <laughs> ten years ago. So yeah, chill um, out. <laughs> I, 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 I still I will still give her a chance and. You, you can't judge her on just a few scenes that she's had, but nope. initial impressions are really... Not that the actress is bad or anything oh, no, like that. No. It's, it's, they seem to have decided to completely rewrite the type of character that Summer is. And with yeah. Todd, you could kind of understand that they had a little bit of a misstep at first because it's been a while since some of them have written for him. Maybe there have been some new writers that have never written for Todd, but Summer hasn't been away that long. Why have they given us it's such a personality like transplant? Summer could have left before... I mean, we, we heard that Matilda Freeman's kind of unexpectedly left, didn't she? Like, yeah. she didn't know she was filming our last scenes when she did it. It's not without the realm of possibility that these scripts could have been written when they were still writing for Matilda... Well, yeah, yeah, Freeman. That's so true. what 
has happened. I don't know. I don't know. I really know don't know, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, I'll still give her the benefit of the doubt until we get to see. It's also really funny that the actress who plays uh, is not that much different in age to the actress who plays Daisy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Even that's though one true, of them's actually. playing a 16-year-old a and one of them's playing a 25-year-old. Very true. So, um, let's round off this uh, summary of the week with our scores and our character of the weeks. And obviously it's going to be a lot higher than last week's uh, twos and twos and a half or whatever out of five. It, it's still not a five-week for me. I, it was sad, but it didn't hit quite the levels of tragedy and sadness that really would have got me going. I felt... I thought that Jane was fantastic all the way through. I thought everybody, well, maybe Alex, was was absolutely on point on this. Um, I I was expecting a little... I was just expecting to feel sadder watching it. I felt very sad, and I have to say, a lot of the time I'm focusing on Jane Danson as a performer and talking about her performances and her acting and tweeting about it as a sort of self-defence mechanism to allow myself to separate what I'm watching from reality. Yeah, because it's not real, Gemma, don't like, worry. Just put a tweet I, about it. If I it, just an say that she's a great actress, I can <clears throat> not feel so sad about what I'm seeing. And it's kind of, yeah, it is a defence mechanism because this is really upsetting. Mm, mm. Um... It was, and, mean, and we, she really, honestly, Jane Dancer, in one of the best performances I've seen in anything ever. She, she is, she really is, you know. Uh, when above the tears started falling of out of her eyes today, when she sat down with with Ollie for the last time, oh. mm, mm. and then her sobbing on the bed again, uh, after having watched Leanne break down for what feels like months about this. I didn't know that she could go anywhere else with it and she still did and she does it she's done it consistently I don't know how she's how she's done this she must have worked really hard about to to make sure that each time she gave a little bit more but not the whole thing I don't know how she's done it Mm. honestly oh if you told me they kidnapped a real child and they were threatening to kill him. <laughs> and unless she did a good performance, I would believe you. And so is she your character of the week? Absolutely. I think she's got to be, hasn't she? It's a, an easy pick there. Scores wise, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't perfect for me. I could have done without have some of the Peter stuff. I don't, I don't think we've ever done a five, and this was not a five week for me. Some of the stuff with Jenny and Johnny, it didn't quite sit right with me. Um <laughs> and, and I don't like the idea of the couple splitting up and, and the, the 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 bit of the OTT ness was a bit of a shame. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll go. <laughs> I can't say. It. I don't know whether it is a four and a half or whether it's a four. I know I'm stuck between the two. I think I'll give it a four and a half. Oh, I'm gonna give it four and a half. Cheating, stealing, cheating, rattled old toads. <laughs> nice. Um, oh gosh. Yeah, I'll go four and a half. I'll do it. I'll do four and a half. Usually, I reserve those weeks is in my the scores that high for if there's like proper big high drama and explosions and, and everything I know I know I didn't even get to see it <laughs> come on I want to see I want to oh, see the life no, fade from his eyes enough I'm going to give it um, four and a half uh, <laughs> uh, four and a half damp pyjamas out of five. Oh, <laughs> and yes. um, yeah Leanne character of the week for sure so good stuff good stuff um Let's let's move on. Hang on, on a minute. Oh, what? One... I was going to say, 
What? I was ready to go to the news. I, didn't I know, know you were. I say. can tell that's what the next thing is going to be. I just want to say the best line of the week was one that you have to take in isolation for it to be funny. Which and that one? was when um, Jenny was talking to Johnny about a, a parrot that can sing Ed Sheeran. And Johnny says, if you want to get a parrot that sings Ed Sheeran, go ahead. I won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like okay Johnny just because you're not a fan doesn't mean you have to leave her <laughs> yeah, it's a plan all along it's all, all part of his plan <laughs> right now we can move now on we can go news. on to the news okay time for the news we've got another big news week this week it feels like we're ramping up with lots of lovely news tidbits as we're getting closer to the 60th anniversary and there is stuff to celebrate first because the Inside Soap Awards have all been announced after last week when I think we knew that Best Show Stopper um, was picked, uh, was chosen for Coronation Street. Yes. Uh, Corey was chosen as the winner of the Best Showstopper Award for the Yasmin Fights Back. But um, alongside that, Ian Bartholomew has picked up Best Actor and Best Villain in the Inside Soap Awards, so very well done to him. And we got Best Newcomer for Molly Gallagher as well. That was so, nice. Not bad for Coronation Street. I, I kind of, when I was looking through the results of this on Monday, was it, they came out Tuesday maybe, I, was, I remember thinking, oh, I wish Coronation Street had won a little bit more, what would it been in its 60th uh, anniversary year. EastEnders ended up winning Best Soap, I think. But... Um, Definitely, I'm pleased that this uh, this Ian Bartholomew has has got these awards. It makes me wonder, like, what's going to be next? Who's going? Where's the NTAs going to go? Is it going to uh, be skewing more towards this story, or is it going to be going towards the the Jane Danson story? And I, I've got a feeling it might be that come the 2021 awards season, it's going to be Jane that that I picks up the awards. So, yeah. Uh, even though this is still to come a- to a head. The, the the Yasmin and Jeff storyline has been getting awards for because it's been such a long story. It's been getting the awards for a while now, and it yeah. feels like it's time for them to you know take a step back, take a step back, and um and and then have Jane be right deservedly yeah. celebrated the thing for is, the it work that she's been like into this. Every year, it feels as though there was a story that misses out on awards because it was at the wrong time or something happens. And it feels like Jeff and Yasmin's story is going to be slightly victim of coronavirus. And because uh, of the timing and the way things would, came on the screen at a certain time, I think that the Ollie storyline is going to be by far the biggest memory that lots of people have of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, next, talking about the 60th anniversary, we, last week we talked about what was there. There was the, the, the trailer with the Tony Warren on the train. Yeah. Um, I was saying else last week, I can't remember. But this week we have been treated to some special 60th anniversary artwork, Can which I is quite fancy. Just make a suggestion for Corey. If they want to think of another cool gimmick, what I think they should do is get 60 fans and give them £60 each. Nice, nice, nice plan. <laughs> Maybe if we had that, we could buy a piece of no, artwork by just Lee Lambert. You can't. So, what, what's the story here, right. Jen? What are we okay, talking about? Okay, let me tell you. So, Lee Lambert, who is a uh, Liverpudlian artist, has produced some artwork. And Steve Watling, who's the controller of operations for games, live, and merch- merchandising of ITV, which is, sounds like a bit of a cutthroat job to have, <laughs> said, We're delighted to collaborate with Lee on these fabulous works of art which I'm sure will be hugely popular with all our Coronation Street fans. He's an incredibly collectible artist. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. And we're excited to see the celebration of Corey's 60th become part of art history, as well as giving fans of the show the ch- chance to own a little p- part of Corey history. So he's done three sketches and a, like a, uh, big, and a big print. We've well, got rid of the text now. Oh, sorry. 
Sorry, Kevin. I thought you wanted to describe the picture because no, we've got that in the background. He's done. He's done. Um, so three sketches, which are love story, which is I think a picture of Roy and Haley outside Roy, Roy's roles. Yes. There's pigeons. They always come home. Yeah, I think I there's, a, there's a there's a Jack. Let me scroll down and you go. You can. There's the Roy. There's the Roy and yeah. Haley one. The love story. The, oh yeah, there's a picture. Of the the they always come home. Picture is a black and white sketch of the cobbles, the the ginnel with. Jack in the centre of the image wearing his kind of iconic um, yellow shirt, red suspenders and brown pair of brown trousers. And then you've got the um, kids, our kids up shop, which has got the Clegg, L Clegg um, corner shop front. And uh, sort of a um, a bit of a hallmark of these is that the cobbles and the, the, the street and everything is in grey sort of sketched and then the the characters and some of the key parts of the street are in colour. So the, the the main piece of the collection is on the cobbles, which is the big a big picture. It's like it feels like a compilation of various times and and uh throughout the street. So you've got everybody's kind of got their back to you. Yeah. Apart it's... from like two, one or two people. Nobody's really distinct. Um, it's it's a picture of the street from, um, from Rosamond like Street, Rosamond street going looking down. down. The, so you got the Rovers the return, and then it all stretches down. Um, it's got some sort of key characters in there. It's got like Audrey and David together. It's got Peter. It looks like it's got who's I don't know who that it's Betty, is. Betty, I think. Um, this is the thing with a lot of the characters being with their backs to you. Have to kind of guess who the features are. I think we got it's Peter right, there. We yeah. got we got Bet and. Norris, maybe, or is that better? Now I'm not sure. It's outside not really the Norris cleaning the window. Um, it's got it's right up to date because it's got the Bailey's um, like blinds on number three. Yeah, and it's, and it's got, got it's got Aggie, Aggie as well at the front it. as it's well. It's got Roy and Haley in it. It's it's basically yeah, yeah it's, it's like an it's, amalgamation. It's like a yeah a, a a clash of Coronation Street eras all in one picture. Yeah. It's like something's gone wrong with the space-time continuum and the whole of Coronation Street has just showed up at once all in one place. And it's got as well, it's got Schmeichel and Little Chesney on as well. Yeah, it is a really nice tribute to um, to Coronation Street and it really reminds me of Lowry's um, like going to work picture, mm. which is quite famous. I really like the idea behind this picture. I think that the, the street itself looks lovely. Odd choice maybe to have the black and white mixed with the colour. I don't have a huge problem with it's that. It's artistic. But it, it's artistic, so fine. It's an artistic and I, choice. I really, really do like the idea of it being filled with characters from throughout the show's history, um, all kind of wandering around. They may well be from different eras, but they're all, you know residents of the street but what? i don't like the style no, i don't either. i don't like the art style um, and, and art is completely subjective of course so. and it's not it's hard it's uh, if you listen to the the quote it's art history so it doesn't matter if you like it or not it's an investment but i'm i am glad that we've both decided to, independently of one another that we're not particularly fans and we're not eager eager to buy it no, because i sent you a link to this um a couple of days ago didn't i and then you said what do you think and i wasn't able to answer the text at the time because i was teaching and then you took you texted back a bit later saying i don't really like it and i was <laughs> no. like i don't really like it either and it's a shame because i'd like to like it yeah. and i like the idea of a piece of artwork nice artwork being produced for the 60th and i when i read like the headline about it i was like thinking oh 
this, this could be something nice for our wall, but, but if you I, I'm like glowery, you'll like this definitely. I'm not gagging to get it. It looks to me, it, um, it's a bit children's bookish. It feels like, and again, there's nothing wrong with that particularly, but that's what it makes well, me it's think part of. of this, an art style, isn't it? And 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 it looks to me as well that you don't like, need to critique it. Why not? Go on, go on. I just think that I, I think it the torsos look like, bizarrely elongated. I know it is. I know. I know it is. Michael, this is, is. Michael, this is like, like people style. who go, "Your podcast is too long." Yeah, <laughs> this torso is too the long. Style. So, um, so really, I, really, really love the idea. Um, how much do you think the sketches are? Oh, I don't know. You have to tell, no, tell me. Tell me. Well, you... if I wanted to buy one of those, yeah. like the 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 Roy and Haney sketch or the yeah. the Clegg shop, because we were sketch. like, you know, we would have bought these if we'd liked them. Seventy pounds. If you want it framed, it's one hundred and ninety five pounds. What? And if you want the um the main, so there's two versions of on the cobbles. There's um just a normal one, which just the picture is. £384. Wow. But if you want the deluxe edition, which I don't know what the difference is, framed, it's going to cost you £1,140. So it's kind of good that we don't want to buy it because we could not afford to no. buy a £1,000 picture. But wow, who would? Who, People, who, could, who could get that? But I will say, if you can afford £1,140 for a Coronation Street um, mounted uh, frame picture. First of all, good for you. Secondly, we have a Patreon if you'd like to join <laughs> and spend your money on other things as well. Well, if you want, if anyone wants to buy one for us, who wouldn't turn it down? Oh no, I'll get. I'll have a free one. I said he was Liverpudlian, but apparently he was raised in Newcastle, and when he you also said... moved to Warwickshire. I don't know where I got Liverpudlian. Yeah, when you said Liverpudlian, I thought I thought he was from Newcastle. But anyway, you're going to be able to well, buy this at the there's ITB only 100 shop. Hundred copies, Michael. Oh, I see. Of of the deluxe version of the of on the. They're still going to get quite a bit of money then. Yeah, if you're interested in getting a copy, then it's available on the 9th of December from itbshop.co.uk. And the sketches but, um, are only available in 295 mm. uh, editions. But you you can you say you can get it from that, but you can go to la- lee and it's lee spelled L E I G H. Okay. L A M B E R T and then gallery.com if you if you want to buy one. Well, we had said that they need to do more in terms of merchandise for the 60th anniversary and and so far we've have got that fantastic book by Abigail Kemp. We got we got a pie, we got a sandwich and that's about it. Well, now well, we we've got a piece of got the pie. And now we've got a piece of 1000 pound artwork that you can buy. So um if you, if you spend, like it, go for it. Join, send us a picture. If you join the Lee Lambert Collectors Club, you get a free copy of Lee's book with purchases over three hundred pounds. Just saying. And Christmas is coming up. I think it's odd that the, this article that I've copied says it's got the opening scene of the first ever episode, which is the Our Kids Up shop. Yet it's got L Clegg on and. Les Clegg was not in charge of the shop when it first started, was it? Because it was, um, it was thingy Flory Lindley or yeah, it was Elsie, yeah, Elsie Lappin. Yeah. So, but maybe so, I suppose that that's that ties in with the idea of it's the street through time and it's different eras clashing together. So it's got the kids from the opening episode bouncing okay. the ball so next along time, with a slightly later version of the shop. Next right, time I, I get something wrong, I'll just say I'm not wrong. I'm time traveling. Yeah. Yeah, to a different era. <laughs> I, I mean, it great, good. I like you said, really. I'm really glad that they've done something very special and collectible. And I'm sure that um, 
people who are fans of Lee Lambert's style will really like yeah. these. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, if I was rich and I had a big house, I might just get it just to put it in a room I don't go into. <laughs> um, we have got, we spoke recently on the podcast about um, a couple of uh, documentaries that are going to be on during the uh, anniversary week in a couple of weeks' time. We had some titles of some shows, but we didn't know much about them. But a press release has now been released for 60 Unforgettable Years, which is the one that's going to be showing on the Monday, and Queens of the Street, which you knew a little bit more about. Um, and that's going to be shown on the Wednesday evening. So, uh, Gemma, 60 Unforgettable Years, what's all that about? It's a special legacy to explore the legacy of the world's longest running soap opera so what, the archers be, um yes um there's gonna be uh never be heard never be heard for <laughs> secrets from the show stars like first audition nerves fallouts memorable location shoots memories of storylines etc giggles gaffes jaw-dropping moments um, it tells the story of how it's become a national institution. It's going to be narrated by do- by documentary Lumley and featuring Michelle Keegan, Julie Hesman-Halsh, William Roach, Barbara Knox, David Nilsson, Lorna Laidlaw, Simon Gregson, John Thompson. Who's that? I can't remember who that one is. Sally Jevner, Michael Lavelle, Alexandra <laughs> Mardell, Jack P. Shepherd, I've heard of that one, Jimmy Harkishan, Alan Halsell, Jenny McAlphine, Tina O'Brien, and lots of other people. So it's basically, uh, let's talk about how great Coronation Street is and blow our own trumpet for an hour and a half, right. which is fine. Why not? It's the 60th anniversary. Go for it. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of stories we've heard before, a lot of clips that we've heard before. But you know what? I don't care. I'm going to enjoy watching that on on the week. Um, that yeah, cause it sounds pretty fun. Um, and then it's got also the Queens of the Street documentary, which is the one that's going to be on Wednesday. Uh, we mark sixtieth, sixty glorious glorious years of Coronation Street, the world's longest running soap. John Thompson played Jesse Chadwick. Oh great! <laughs> Can't wait to see what he's got to say. Remember my parrot? Don't be horrible. I thought he, he was could, funny. He could sing Ed Initially, it said he he was in two episodes as biker called Gary. So I'm glad that he also played Jesse Chadwick, and it wasn't just a guy that was in two episodes. We got we got John Thompson, everybody. Jesse Chadwick. He just about made double. I like Jesse. I like Jesse Chadwick. Um, it's only this, this Queens of the Street celebration of the women who've ruled the roost in Weatherfield since the very first episode in December 1960 with the help of some of the street's most famous female faces past and present including <laughs> Julie Hesmanhouse, Sally Lindsay Helen Worth Alison King Sue Nichols Sally Dinover Kate Ford Dolly Rose Campbell and Patty Clare amongst others Coronation Street's longest serving <laughs> resident William Roach um, writers, producers and celebrity fans including Sir Derek Jacobi yeah. and Lorraine Kelly we salute the first ladies of Coronation Street from every decade their strength their vulnerability and their humour I heard they also got the lady who played the woman who Gary was going to lend money to so that she could go on holiday I heard that they've got the female meerkat <laughs> Whatever her name so, is. That was so sad. We didn't oh, mention yeah. that before, did we? There was no meerkat sponsoring no in the episode. Oh, is this the first time for like twenty-five years an episode of Coronation Street yeah. has run without a sponsor? Because somewhere there's a man with a calculator getting it very from, worried. It went from Coronation. It went from Cadbury's to Harvey's to to meerkat. Compare the meerkat. I think I don't think I'm missing any. I might well be. Harvey's was without so without any breaks. It's God, can weird. You imagine if DFS sponsors. When's it? the new sponsor going to start? Have, Have they, they got, got a one? new sponsor? That's because the they question. did that. Um, they did that online seminar kind yeah. of thing um, back in late summer, early autumn that I saw, where they were trying to 
advertise for a new one. Maybe they just want to... They'd, they've got one and it's going to start on Monday or maybe it's going to start on the anniversary week or something because it did say that it would be tying in with the 60th anniversary celebrations. I'm very I intrigued to find someone. out who it is. Um, but it, it did feel very weird watching tonight's episodes without any kind of sponsorship um, going through it. Also, right. I wanted to point out from these... Um, these uh, synopses, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, interesting that Joanna Lumley is narrating the first one, and I guess that goes some way to explain why she was the first name on the sixty for sixty. Because we were saying there, why, yeah, why have they got Joanna Lumley? Surely they're not actually bringing her character back. We knew that they wouldn't be, but um, yeah, she must have been there to do something for that. So that yeah, that explains that one. I also thought it was interesting how they've misspelled William Roach's surname in the press release for that first one. You're gonna get someone if somebody. Yes, I'm gonna say. I think the person who wrote this press release is now. Got where's, the the, where's that? Yeah, look, William Roach without oh, an E on the end. Dearie me. Shoddy, shoddy. Well, if you Forward. add the E, it's classy. <laughs> um, we have also got something else to look forward to on the 60th anniversary week, which is a special edition of Corrie Good News, the Hooray! online spin off thing Colson. hosted by Colson Smith. He's back. He is, he's back. Um, we don't know a whole lot about the episode, but they, they, put, out a, yeah, they put out a call for Coronation Street fans to dress up as their favourite characters of all time. Um, and and then they'd be featuring some of them. I, I, I'm, we're not going to do this, are we? I could dress up as Daryl the Rat. Um, with a big mask big on tail. face. I, if I was... I, I don't want to say who I'd, I'd be dressing up as if I that was my favourite character because I wouldn't want to give away the, the top pick of my Patreon uh, yeah. list this week. Uh, this month, I mean. But um, <laughs> no, if you're going to be looking out for us featuring on that episode, unless and there's anything else they want me for, or you... Um, we're not going to be there, but I'm very much looking forward to that because I enjoyed Cory Good News. That was a real highlight every Friday night in the well, summer. Let someone else and do uh, it. I, I, I just want them to keep on going forever because it was wonderful. I also this week watched, um, I listened to, sorry, the Sofa Cinema Club for the first time in ages, and I only ever listen to it when they talk about <laughs> films that I have seen and enjoyed. And this week was all about School of Rock, which I absolutely love. It was a brilliant film. It was Colson's pick, and it was so funny listening to them. That uh, Ben, uh, Ben, Jack, and Colson are so so good together. They're hilarious. You are so jealous. You were like, they're really funny. They are really. Listen to this. They're really funny. funny. <laughs> I think they had their. I'm sure if we were edited down to the uh, like the hour long podcast that if they we, did, maybe we'd be funny. If as we well. were edited down to just our jokes, we'd be monsters. <laughs> anyway, um, I yeah, I really really love that. And I showed you the clip at the end as well with um. Oh yeah, Dave, nine uh, Not David. So Jack. Um, introducing his decimal points into a scoring system. I was going to, at the end of this week's Street Talk, uh, uh, to give it 7.2 out of 5, <laughs> just, just as a little tribute. May Actually, what I was going to do was yeah. score it. It's all coming back to me now. 7.2 mega shags, which is also a reference to this line that Bev had on I'm a Celebrity this week, where she's that's what she used to describe her husband. She said he's a mega shag. And that got care. trending on social media. I don't want to know about that. Well, it's what tough. does that mean? He's good in bed. Why yeah. would you boast about that? You don't want to encourage hey, women. You're... Yeah, well, you, she's locked up in the castle. No, he knows what he's going to be. I'd up to. say, oh my husband, he's terrible in bed. He's awful. He doesn't <laughs> even know where the bed is. Um, Rebecca has sent us an update for Bev this week on I'm a Celebrity. Apparently... That's what I always say about you to my friends. He's a terrible shag. He would not <laughs> want to cheat on him at all. Bev um, lost a live <laughs> trial last week, apparently, with the other girls. What, and because had she to was do vegan? The Bush Tucker trial with the other girls the next day. 
But apart from that, she's apparently been quite quiet. She did snore a lot, which is funny, <laughs> and also took part in a trial which was which was a horrible spa to win a proper spa reward from another campmate and she picked Vernon. However, she is now the deputy leader of the camp. Now, Rebecca thinks that maybe she's not going to win. She, she Rebecca predicts um, a Tuesday or Wednesday exit, although she did survive um, a culling of oh, uh, campmates this nice. evening. Uh, but yeah, the, fi- yeah, the final... the final has been brought forward because it was supposed to be Sunday and they've moved it forward two days and they haven't said why. Oh, have they? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, next Friday, so by the time we'll be recording next week's podcast, it'll all be over and, and yeah. Bev will either be the queen of the jungle or... Or not. Or a princess or something, I don't know. A, a Dutch Anyway, chef. good luck, Bev, even though we're not watching you. We're behind you. Yeah. And um, finally, we oh, yeah. had the... Um, the hospice, the Willow... Widowwood Hospice. They did the collection of um, Julie Goodyear jewellery on eBay, which they were um, selling to raise money for the hospice. Um, we we, uh, we bid tried. on a few, and we were kind of excited, and we were saying, like, oh, I wonder how much they'll go for it. We really, like, the, the star item, I think everyone can agree, were, was the birdcage earrings, which mm. were, like, really quite fabulous. And I was like, oh, I wonder how much... And we were saying to each other, oh, how much do you think it'll well, get? When we first went on eBay, it was literally within half an hour of the auction opening, and it's like, oh, these are all quite reasonable prices. You know, maybe we'll be able to get It's like £19.95. And I, I was like, oh, I, I kind of imagine like, it'll get about... About seven hundred, eight hundred pounds, and, and the signed scripts like that—that's that's going quite well. It seems like people aren't snapping that up, but it, it it seems like they got a bit of publicity on the BBC, and good for them. Oh yeah, but it did. Um, I've never been mean more that we happy. had no chance of winning anything. I've never been happier to not afford something. <laughs> so I think the jewelry at that the birdcage earrings were over a grand by the time they finished. They were like two and a half grand, weren't were they? they? Yeah, they went for loads. Uh, yeah, they were very special. All in all, all of the jewelry went for. Fourteen thousand nine hundred and twenty-seven pounds and ninety-four pence. That is an incredible. I am so pleased as I'm well really, for Julie really Goodyear pleased. because um, she did a nice thing by donating her precious personal pieces to this, and it shows still how much uh, love there is for character of Bette Lynch as well because some of them were costume pieces. I know because I was I I was. In the back of my mind, I was thinking, what if? I mean, it should have gone for a lot of money, but yeah. what if it didn't? Yeah, I know. That and that would have been, been awful. awful. But this, I, I, I texted uh, Mark Llewellyn, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago and was was arranging this. I texted him pretty soon after the bidding finished um, earlier this week and just to say, well done. And he's uh, he's absolutely chuffed. And oh, he just great. literally got off the phone to Julie Goodyear when he texted me back and he said that she's really, really pleased with how it's gone as well. Yeah, so yeah. So I'm, I'm really, I think really. Happy I hope with whoever got them looks after them. Um, this is the one of the. I'm, other I'm really thing. intrigued about who it is. I, yeah, I, I, I feel them. that it's like the drag queens up and down the country. <laughs> drag queens, or I don't know. Is, is it just Cory fans, or is it people who are collectors of general TV memorabilia? Will it just will mm. it be going to a museum somewhere? I hope some of it gets to go into a museum. Um, yeah, this is the other thing I was thinking about. Because what I like to do is worry about things that will never happen. So when I was like imagining what it would be like if I were to win a piece of this, I was starting to worry about how would I preserve it? Do I need to put it in a special box? Would I have to like, would I donate it to an exhibition? What happens if it got stolen? I was like literally worrying about all these things. So I'm kind of glad it's not my burden to bear. <laughs> but if out there you have one, please remember, store it. Um, in some nice cotton wool or something <laughs> with yeah, some silicone gel. <laughs> um, and also, don't forget, even though you might well 
have missed out on the jewelry. I don't know. Maybe you're listening and you you won the yeah, the listening bird cages. Yeah, wearing a lovely <laughs> wonderful pearl necklace. Uh, read. Um, you can also get the fan videos. There's two of them. They're ten pounds each. Michael features on one. Adam bleats on the other. Who will you pick? Both. Both. You of go us, for please. both. All the money. You can't, you can't buy them yet, but they'll be available to watch from uh, from the ninth. I, I don't. I can't remember whether you'd be able to buy them beforehand or whether they just go on sale. All the, the money goes to the Willowwood Hospice. Yes, well, I, was, I suppose. I would heartily way. recommend um, dipping into your pockets. Oh, and we haven't announced what we're doing with our charity. We did it on we Twitter. Have, I, thought we, I thought we said last week that you were thinking of... No, we haven't officially announced it. Gemma, I'll pass it over for to you to Patreon announce. For the Patreon for December, we've, we started the tradition last year. We're doing it again this year. All of the money that we get, so by 31st of December, all the money that's in our Patreon pot for December is going to go to um, a split between... Um, the Lily Foundation, which is the charity for mitochondrial disease that Coronation Street worked with for Oliver's Story, and also with um, Women's Aid, which is a charity that... Um, uh, it's, it's the Jeff storyline, Ian Bartholomew. Ian Bartholomew is supporting because of the work that he's done on Coronation Street, the character of Jeff. So Women's Aid and the Lily Foundation. If you want to um, join our Patreon... You can do it for a one-off. You just cancel it immediately. You get access to all of the back content that we've done. So that would be like if you if you join up to the five dollars a month tier. So it's basically if you pay your five dollars plus tax, and it's different for different countries. I yeah, don't really don't understand it. That. And then and please all, do cancel say, after a month if you want to. But you'll be that money will go towards yes. the Lily Foundation and Women's Aid, and you will get. 14 is it episodes of yeah. our bonus content as well um and the other thing is there are there are taxes that patreon takes out and we can't retrieve those but all the money that we get will go to the charity but like the tax some tax comes out before we even get to it, like vat and stuff so yeah um all the money after so that if you, if you are if you are interested in donating to those charities I, we, I would recommend doing it through you us because through you get us, the bonus content but you don't have to uh, yeah um, so it's conversation what is it patreon patreon.com slash conversation street you yes. can find all the details there and there's yes. details on our blog as well but you wish if you join. want to donate money um, obviously you can do it through those charities probably a lot I'm easier I'm just saying if, you were, no, if I'm I was saying. a Coronation Street fan a Conversation Street fan and I want the Patreon and I felt the urge to donate to the charity I'd say well, I want to get something out of myself please I'm going to donate to the through the Conversation Street Patreon and get some fabulous bonus content to listen well, to well I hope that we can get lots of money for the um, for the charities but I mean the, the level that we're at the moment because everyone's so lovely and generous we still have a, a sizable amount of money to go to those charities yeah, yeah. anyway yeah. and it's a nice thing to do at the end of the year isn't it Certainly it makes me feel happy indeed yes. so that's the end of the news let's go to the feedback section Right, we have got some feedback, and I was quite excited to find out just how low last week's Coronation Street would score on our page. I, I was like, when, when are we going to get our low? Every time I said the lowest score ever, it's like, oh, how exciting. Um, <laughs> 2.64 was what it averaged out so- to last you'd week. You'd be down the bloody um, guillotine with your knitting, I would, wouldn't you? I would. It, it was not a great week on Coronation Street, and I'd just like my views to be vindicated, it's okay. not just me that's feeling this way. Rebecca <laughs> gave it two and a half party political broadcasts on behalf of the Grimshaws out of five. Pat gave it three eyes in my backside out of five. Is that two, one on each cheek see? and 
You don't want one in the middle. middle. <laughs> um, and Chad um, gave it to three of Sally's Dutch originals out of five, which is a great line from was it, was it Sally and Abby uh, yeah. in last week's episode. And in case you didn't, if you're if you're from outside of the UK, you might not know Dutch originals is Prince Charles's brand of things. Oh, yes, and so it's very very posh. Very fancy. So no wonder Sally has them. Right, what did Fangirl Overload 123 think about this week's Coronation Street? Well, I'll tell you, tonight's episode, she says, was heartbreaking. My only regret is that Corrie was in a really good position to explore how hard the pandemic has been for parents of chronically or terminally oh, ill children. Point, yeah. Between being cut off from their usual support networks, limited hospital resources and shielding, they've been hit hardest of all. I have a feeling Monday will be the neighbours reacting to the news. I also wonder if Corrie will pay homage to Oliver in some way, i.e. Stephen the Anne trying to raise awareness. Is Ollie the youngest character to die, other than stillbirths? Character of the week is Leanne, and I give it four parrots called Morrissey out of five. I don't know. I think probably. Yeah. I would say it must be. I mean... I mean, there, there was, well, no, not necessarily stillbirth because there have been a few babies like, um, uh, who was it? Like, um, Shannon, um, oh, Tattersall. Um, was what one. was, um, Sarah and Todd's baby? Um, Billy. He was, I can't remember. How, days old. I don't remember, but anyway, it, he's the first character that, yeah, babies isn't don't a baby. count. Shut up. No, you, you're right. It, yeah, you're trying to get me in trouble no, now. No, I'm not. I'm not. Anyway, what, what do you Everyone think Everyone always it? blames the woman for everything. I'm going to get in trouble for not reining you in. I, I don't think that... I don't agree that this story needed COVID-related extras. I think she raises a very good point, and that would have definitely been interesting, but it wasn't about that. And um, I would have liked to have seen that, but it would have made it about a completely different thing than they planned to originally, and it might yeah, not that- have really... It might have it might have felt tacked the on. focus, and mm. the other thing is, it would definitely felt like a criticism of the NHS, even if they didn't intend it to be, because they are the ones that have made the rules. Yeah, and I think I think Elliot's nod to the NHS and on how hard everybody worked during the height of the pandemic in the springtime was enough to make it feel real, and I still think that Corey's doing a pretty good job of reflecting. Covid, even though it's obviously not up to date and everything, I I personally think it was enough. Well, if you're not in the UK, you might be interested to know that we've been in a another mini lockdown for this past month, and we are due to come out of it Wednesday next week, is it? Mm. And um, everyone was expecting things to go back to how they were before, but the government's changed it so that we're all in like um like another mini lockdown. So there's three tiers, and um. Everybody except so, so much of the north is in tier three, which is the the, the biggest um, restrictions, which is you can't meet up with people outside your household and you can't go to pubs and restaurants. Mm. And then we're in tier two, which is you can't meet up with people except in your garden, and you can go to restaurants, but you have to eat a meal. And luckily for me, you can get your hair cut because yeah. I haven't had my hair cut now since we were the hairdressers were open. So when was that? June, July. And uh, my fringe is really starting to it's bug horrible. me. Yeah. It, this is my longest my fringe has ever been long. I'm turning into a hippie. Um, so that's tier two, and most of the country is in tier two. And then tier one is you're allowed to meet with other people in your house, basically. And the only people in tier one are the Isle of Wight, the Isle of Scilly, and Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Coronation Street could not be further away from the reality of what's going on in the country. If it tried, please just don't 
criticize don't 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 criticize it for people not wearing masks or whatever it's it you know yeah it's not about coronavirus is it no i i think i think it's doing fine as it is just right okay so here we go with the feedback nancy says that was we that you make it sound like this is the beginning of the feedback here we go with my part of reading More that feedback. feedback. And Nancy says, your title for the Carla and Peter storyline remind me of a line Carla used back in February 2016. She was trying to teach Kate the key to success. Carla said first, there's no, there's grafting, then there's flagging. Oh, flagging. And, and then there's booze. So flagging, fagging and shagging and falling off the wagging. I thought she was going to say, first there's grafting, then there's flagging. And if you can't get anywhere, then there's shagging. <laughs> Ask Michelle. How do you remember that, Nancy, back in Some February 2016? Some really good memories, don't they? This whole storyline is nothing new. It was realistic in terms of effects of alcohol and addiction, though. Will this mean Carla will move on or will they stay together? They need to find better storylines for these two characters. Yeah. I love the way Paul tried to manipulate no. Paul... Todd tried, Todd to tried to manipulate Paul and Billy. Billy treats Paul like a son. He should have consulted Paul about the house. I just cannot figure out why Todd wants to split Billy and Paul, though. No, I d- there's only that's, two that's reasons. That's another good part of the mystery, isn't it? Like, what? Yeah. Why is he? Do- is he doing it because he wants to get in there, or is yeah. he do- just doing it because he's an agent of chaos? Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good TV series. <laughs> I described him as Coronation Street's version of the Marvel Universe's Loki, and yeah. I think that's a pretty good description. He's fun. He's fun to watch. Nancy really says the build-up to the 60th anniversary is happening slowly. I love the way Craig discovered the plans. Ray's attempts to bribe Craig will backfire. I liked it when Craig asked Sally to do some digging. He should have gone to her first instead of going to Gary. Craig is serving as the catalyst to get the community involved in stopping Ray. Ray makes a great villain. I do hope he stays in the show. I would like to know Ray's motivation for picking this location for a hotel. I found it interesting how Gary looked like a proper villain this week. His expression when he was talking to Craig was amazing. <laughs> I love the makeup party. Tyrone looked funny and silly with all that stuff on his face. Looks like Gemma is going to start selling makeup. I have to wonder how long Sean will continue with this multi-level level marketing venture. I know makeup always sells no matter the state of the economy. Sean may get tired of this venture if he does not sell enough to make money though. My character of the week is Todd. I'll give this week episodes three volts out of five. It's interesting. The um, yeah, this Todd's uh, the Sean storyline has completely dropped off the map, hasn't it? Yeah. And it's like it doesn't feel like it can fit in for the next few weeks either. <laughs> like, like, can Is you this going to be the big Christmas like, week story? The, the, Sean turns into Santa and he goes around delivering his bits to all the weather fields or to the good little boys and girls. He gives fresh fancy makeup kits. Like. <laughs> it's like the 60th anniversary is going to be Roy, uh, Ray and Jeff riding a monster truck that's been adapted with a digger on the front, trying to, like, bulldoze Rita over. And then Sean, like, dances out and, like, with the power of a makeover, turns them from evil to good. <laughs> and then charges them £35 for concealer. Yeah. We'll have to see if that's... Well, I, I, like, I like the idea of Ray and Jeff doing anything together after that those couple of scenes <laughs> on Wednesday's episode. I like Having fact... those two baddies together is brilliant. And we have said, and, and other people have pointed out, that there's quite a few baddies in play in Coronation Street this year and having them join up together and just be yeah yeah combine their powers of villainies it would be fantastic I like the fact that Ray and Jeff were dancing around one another like they both they were both trying to get one up on each other I really like it when villains face off yeah Rebecca 
we've got messages from her she says not the best week this week the peter carla adam pointless drama was annoying and i hate how they've put another blip in the peter and carla relationship i know it's a soap but isn't peter's alcoholism enough drama i have to say it's though it's realistic that peter would head for the bottle after being mugged but like michael i thought the mouth mouthwash was a red herring i like barry i thought he was a good side character and like you michael i have a horrible feeling carla might get pregnant and i don't think i can cope with another who's the daddy i almost wish adam and sarah were back together again it's that desperate <laughs> speaking of sarah she's such a rubbish manager i know it sound like a broken record but the factory scenes just drive me mad ray can knock that down and leave the rest of the street <laughs> <laughs> anyway onto the ollie stuff which was lacking during the week and i thought we would have more had more loved emma's idea of a memory box she's too sweet Tracy was oddly supportive too. I don't know if I trust this nice Tracy. I'm still hoping Oliver dies naturally and puts the story to bed, bar the grieving. I love Todd and his meddling. He's such a git. I don't think he wants either Billy or Paul, although it's obvious he will end with Billy. I just think he's Is bored it? and wants to pull the strings. New Summer, again, jury's out. I think she's a good actress, but she's nothing like the old Summer at all. She's too confident for a start and a bit too cheeky. Also, she looks about 19. If they cast her when Summer returned from uni, she would be great, but not for a 16-year-old. I thought Summer wasn't even 16 as well. I did enjoy the Sean, Paul, Todd scene. All three of Billy's exes and his current partners together. Hmm. Faye and Craig are too sweet and Ray is a sex pest. Gemma is correct, I haven't forgotten. I also don't mind Craig being the hero either, but maybe get some more of the others in to help him. Finally, the makeup party was fuller but fun. Ty is very generous buying makeup for Fizz and the girls and also good to see Hope and Joseph back on the street. Character of the week is Todd and I give it two and a half. Party political broadcast on behalf of the Grimshaws, out of five. Lovely. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, everyone, this week for all your lovely feedback and supporting us on on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget, we've got a great Facebook group if you want to join in. And on the fun, last thing on there was we were discussing fish fingers. We also have a blog of a website called conversationsheet.podbean.com where you can find lots of old topics and things and stuff we've done. We leave us a review on iTunes. We're also on Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, and Patreon. Oh, and that is it. Oh, Gemma, the 60th anniversary is feeling tantalisingly close now, isn't it? Literally, in two weeks' time, we'll, we'll have be... been discussing oh. the anniversary week. I, I'm really excited to find out what happens with the trial. And, and I know there are bits like assuming Elaine makes an appearance, which is what I've said all along. Maybe it's a bit, you know, a bit obvious, but I've really got no idea how the trial bit of the trial is going to go I've been so hard trying to avoid spoilers and I, I don't even know what spoilers have been released it's for weird because it. I genuinely don't know whether no. yeah what the what's the outcome usually it's I mean, quite you know, obvious isn't it I mean you like, know that Yasmin's gonna I don't know at some point she's gonna get off is she no, gonna get yeah. off now I don't yeah this is the thing I, I, I kind of imagine Yasmin will be home by next year but what you know is she gonna be found guilty but time served or is she going to be found not guilty and go home immediately? Yeah, really don't know. And and there's still the thing about her not totally wanting see... to go out because she feels safer in prison as yeah. well. And, I don't think and if you... she gets out, then what happens to Jeff? Because like we said there. earlier, he doesn't just do a swap. <laughs> Jeff's still going to be out there on the prowl. I'm interested to see if they go down the route of how um, this woman friend of his reacts. If he's... Um, sent to prison or whatever is she going to be there fighting for him or is she are the scales going to fall from her eyes as well uh, exciting stuff and um yeah i'm really really looking forward to seeing elaine if she returns next week because she was a real asset to the show for that short period in the summer wasn't she a really I really know, fine yeah. actress is she dead no 
I think oh. not. So she's yeah. I think she will save the day. Look, let's go to bed. And this, I, I need to go to bed. I this is like literally. I've never. I don't think I've ever felt so tired recording a podcast. When there, there's been times when Gemma have been talking and I've just been sitting there with my eyes closed, yawning, <laughs> my head me. off. So I think I <laughs> wasn't really giving my A game in street talk today. You sounded everyone, so fine. I apologize. When we I, um, start recording, you were like, "Oh my god, I think I'm going to fall asleep." <laughs> I've I've been on the verge of sleep a bit during this podcast. You've done a very good job. I've had. Well, it's not been that busy a week. We made we did fire lighting at school today. We had a, we lit a fire in, oh, wow. in the on the school fields. A, a controlled so fire. So you're teaching them to be pyromaniacs. Yeah, and we were, we were well striking done. flints and everything, and and that that was first thing in the morning, and I was just zonked for the rest of the day. And now it's half past twelve at night, <laughs> and I'm ready to hit the hay. All right, well, and you're get up early in the morning to get this podcast I out in time. Gave us a really good swift outro, and you've ruined it by waffling about how tired. I will say no more. I say even no let more. you say. The you music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, we're back with some last-minute feedback. Sally and Matthews just pipped in just as we finished. We got this, we looked at our phones and we got this message, which says, Dear Conversation Street, I'm giving it five dinosaur pyjamas for Jane, Ben and Simon's performances alone. Throw in Emma's heartbreaking cauliflower cheese and we're up to six. <laughs> Thanks, Sal. I thought that cauliflower cheese was more about breaking wind, not breaking hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Five. Well, that's Emma for you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sal. Thank Let's you, Sal. get a Sal. bit of feedback. Five. Right, yeah, five out of five. I have to put that tot that into the total. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. And now, and we now we're really going to go, go to bed. Good night. Bye.